You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Truth of it, 
don't have a husband He don't play the trombone I need to borrow money Pay this lawyer Charlie Hay I'll be eligible for parole Come Valentine's Day Let's get down to it, boppers. Wow, right, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We get the Christmas music started this morning with Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. The one and only Tom Waits. Uh, this comes to us from Kyle who says the Centaur has never once given us a Tom Waits playlist, although he claims to be a big Tom Waits fan. We're picking up a lot of problems with Chris Stanley. Oh, I love Tom Waits. I understand that. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is you have a playlist, Yeah. which I'm soon going to blow up, and you'd never once play Tom Waits. Well, big ups to Kyle. For catching my yes, <laughs> yes, big ups to Kyle. <laughs> Good work, Kyle. The older stuff. Well, he sent three. He sent old stuff. He sent you know the crazy years and even the post two thousands, all ignored by Chris Stanley. I prefer most of the crazy years. The the rain dog, swordfish, trombone years. We wouldn't know that because you don't play it. Rain dogs. What a crazy fucking album. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. I actually used to do a, a, a character on a fucking show that wasn't mine called Johnny Rain Dog. And it was just me doing Waits' voice, <laughs> acting like I was playing this really obscure, weird music. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if anyone ever got it. This was <laughs> before I even got my uh, own show when I was just, uh, doing stand-up and was friends with another guy with a show. And his fucking name was actually weirder than fucking Johnny Raindog and uh, his music selection even stranger. All right, it's the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, big celebrities all over. For some reason, it's Meditation Week at SiriusXM. Somebody... Have, must have developed a real passion for meditation, but uh, some of the folks I, I did not even know that were that deep into it. It's it's on it's setting the world on fire. People love a meditation. Well, Jerry Seinfeld's going to come in and talk about meditation. He's been doing it for years, but I don't think it's ever showed up in his stand-up. I've never heard that ever. Did you ever notice when you you're a mantra? Hey. <laughs> Hey. hey, that's a unified field. Yesterday, Kramer was in here, so I stopped to watch him. Uh, it was Kramer, Kirstie Alley, and Rita. Rita Perlman. Yeah, Rita Perlman. And so I'm watching them for a while, and I look up, and it may be my imagination, but I thought Kramer was giving me the stink eye. That is not a good look, dude. And the interesting thing was, and you could never tell this from the media, 
black people all over the place. No one seemed to be offended. Oh, people were loving Kramer. The media lets on that people don't get forgiven or forgotten or whatever, but life moves on. All right, lots to do today. Uh, we're going to have a winner for the Fez toenail caption contest. Um, we've got... Uh, well, we're closing the voting already for the photo contest. Woo! That's a shocker. Fast and furious. I thought that we would have let it run for a while. Here's a big shocker, too. Uh... I was not prepared for this to happen. So the New York film critics give out their big award. And uh, this is one of the... I think the very first of the what could win the Oscar. It's the first time that I think the first major awards that start the buzz going. And... Um, you know, you expected to hear the 12 Years a Slave again. Yeah, that's you know, that, that was the early word, that 12 Years a Slave is going to dominate everything. Just don't even bother showing up. Instead, shock were uh, American Hustler, uh, the the uh, David O. Russell. Now, this surprised me because I didn't even think I wanted to see this film. Because when I saw the preview, the trailer, I thought it looked like the... Uh, Forget about it. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a thing where people try to play Italian gangsters and they overdo a little bit. Uh, yeah, the first time I saw for, all right, first time I saw the trailer, I didn't realize it was a David O. Russell film. Well, that's stupid because <laughs> they say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring at the people, not listening to the words. And period piece. I Bradley Cooper actually takes me out of it. I, it's he, I, they all take me out of it. I, I, everybody's a giant movie star, and they're all going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what's going on. I mean, they've got a ton of movie stars in this, uh, but there is a thing in this trailer where uh, the young girl that everybody's uh, crazy about, right? Jennifer now, Lawrence, J Law. Well, they 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 call her Hunger Game, but there is a scene where everyone's walking in slow motion and the way her titties bounce in slow motion <laughs> that you could just watch that as a movie oh yeah she's quite attractive though there is a backlash already starting against her of course there is god forbid someone does well i kind of don't even feel like seeing her anymore <laughs> and i never even go to the hunger games <laughs> i want you to just pay attention for when the slow when the slow motion walking starts because that is just amazing. And this is why she won the... Here we go. It's coming up. I can't wait. You're going to have to. Oh, she's crying. Don't worry about that part of it. That's that's just going to confuse you. That part will just confuse you. Whoa. Wait, you know what? I think we already blew by it. Because I don't remember that thing being in there. Is it when she's walking towards the bar? Yeah. Yeah. We blew it. Here, we wanted to do something great with our lives, and we blew it. No, I can't see the... Lance in Louisiana, you're on the Ron Fez Show. R Ronnie, good morning, guys. Uh, Mike Tomlin gets fined $100,000. Uh, you've got a spy report. Spy report. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spy report. Spy report. And you should be bragging about that. Spy report. Yeah. Spy report. Spy report. Um, so he gets fined $100,000 for walking out on the field. 
and also a possible draft modification or law of the draft election. Well, why are they doing the possible? You either do it or you don't. Thank you, Fez. Uh, so here's what I say about that. I get finding the guy. Yeah. Because whether he meant to do it or not, you can't walk out on the fucking field. You can't disrupt the play. So the guy should be fine. But why would this be one that you would fuck with the draft? Because the coach did it, not a player? It feels like a vendetta out against Tomlin, and they don't, just don't like him or the Steelers. It's a bit 100 Gs. First of all, no one is liked more than the Steelers. No one, the league adores the Steelers, so your theory is insane. Uh, the 100 Gs, I got no fucking problem with. You can't fucking walk out on the field. This is fucking something that can't go down. Um, but I don't think they're going to fuck around with, with the draft picks because, you know, why wouldn't you do that for anything? Yeah, the, why, why, why is this more dangerous than someone throwing a helmet? This, uh, the league is considering it. So that, that sounds like they're just trying to f put the fear into them. Um, well, then you should have done it the same day that you ha handed down your fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you go to court, you don't want to hear, here's your stuff, plus we're thinking about other stuff. Just give me everything today. Another court date? Come on. But, uh, Chris, the, the league loves the, the Steelers. It's probably the most adored franchise out there as far as the league is concerned. They're very well loved. I mean, they're loved all across the country. But the, the draft... The well, draft we're only pick, talking about from the NFL. The draft pick thing, it seems like a vendetta to me. It seems like just the, the fine could have been there. 100 Gs, Tomlin. You know, yeah, but that that seems like stuff is the kind of shit that you get away on the Davey Max sports program without having to back up. You have no reason to say it's vendetta based on anything else other than the fact that maybe they consider this more important than other uh, penalties, and yet I don't see why that would be. Uh, hey, Matt. Matt, you're on the run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. Hey. I had heard uh, the other day that the NFL would go really heavy on Tomlin is because he was the newest member added to the competition committee. So it really looks bad that a guy who's a part of a committee that creates rules for the league goes out of his way to break rules. So that's why they really want to stick to it. Uh, that makes a lot more sense than using the term vendetta and turn it into some kind of Sicilian thing, <laughs> which makes zero sense. I got caught up in American Hustle. Um, you did. Forget about it. God for Forget time. about it. <laughs> We're going to do some gangsta oh, shit. Hey, oh. <laughs> I don't know why Italians start don't finally go like, come on. Or at least people from New Jersey. <laughs> Let's stop making words and just do sound. <laughs> hey, oh. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll stay with the football a little bit. The Houston security guards were fired for taking a pick with Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> Two of them. And people, uh, it's funny to me that people are blaming that on Brady when <laughs> he posed with the guys. He obviously doesn't hate them or say, I want these guys fired. Yeah. They got fired because they're, and, and people are mad, like, what is wrong with that? Well, it's because you work there. Yeah, there, there's actually a, you know, terms in their contract or whatever. You can't well, tell. If let's suppose you work security at the Tonight Show, right? And Jay Leno wa walks in the back and, you know, sees that one of the security guards has a phone and saying, uh, Jennifer, would you please talk to my father? He's in the hospital. <laughs> That's not what you're supposed to do in that job. Yeah. You got to keep control here. You fucked up. 
Did you take a picture with Tom Brady? Did you sit down and take Mr. Tom Brady, our sworn enemy, and have your picture taken with him? Don't you look at him. Don't. I wonder if I've ever asked anyone to take a picture with me. I don't know if I have. I doubt it very much. The only time here at SiriusXM I considered asking someone for a picture was Creed from The Office. Because he was just so weird. But then I, I'm glad I didn't. I want to keep this streak going. I've never. What was that for... song Creed did that time? Oh god, uh, rubber rubber tree, possibly. I think rubber tree. This may, you know what? This is just off the top of my head now. Yeah. This probably should be a song that we play every day. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. We got a slow group over there. We got somebody on there. You want to tap out with them? Machines locked up. Machines locked up. That should also be the tattoos that the show gets. Um, Hard Rock Johnny wants to jump in this. Hey, Johnny. What's up, boys? Hey, yo. Hey, so this whole thing, you know, Ronnie, you just said, I, I know that, you know, I have a good number of pictures of me with people. Yeah. But I have never once asked someone while I was working, you know, because my job, I mean, I deal with a lot of people, you know, from time to time, there's and I've never once said, hey, could I do a picture with you? I've been in situations where, you know, they'll say, hey, do you want a picture? But, you know, when you're working, that, that's your job. I mean, it's like, you know. It, it so like, you're okay with the guy getting fired? I'm not, I don't know if I'm okay with him getting fired, but if there's a rule in place that you shouldn't do it, then, then it's, you know, that's the rule. We, we actually, you know, as part of our, you know, where I work, it's, it is a rule. It is a steadfast rule that if a celebrity is in the building, you are not to, to bother them in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, you know i.e. asking for a photo. And we actually years ago had someone who was terminated because they did, and it was a, you know, a violation of the policy. It was in the middle of an event. Someone walked in and who was working and neglected their job and did that. And it's a, you know, this is... You know, it's, it's I, again, if there's a rule of policy against it that's in place and you're trained for it, then, you know, it's like any other rule that's in place at a job. Hmm. So you would fire one of your people if you found out that they were in the back uh, getting their picture taken. We would, you know. With sticks. <laughs> you know, it depends on the situation. If, if they were maybe, maybe someone from the band asked them to come back and do it, then, you know, it's a different story, but... You know, because you can't stop someone from asking, you know, so, if, you know, if Earl was working and, you know, Vernon Reed was here and they see this, hey, Earl, buddy, come on, let's go take a picture. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? It you should fire Earl in that moment. I would just fire Earl in general. Preemptively fire him before Vernon Reed comes Where, in. Where's that voice coming from? Back here. <laughs> oh, okay. In this dark room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether you have a mic control there, but it suddenly sounded like God had just jumped right in <laughs> and was telling Moses what to do. Oh my god! Yeah, we got a little nervous on that. All but right. Yeah, so, but why do you think people are giving Tom Brady heat on this? Like somehow the guy who posed with the picture is a dick because the people that took the uh, the picture with him got fired. Yeah, it's not Brady's fault. I mean, he's just being a you know a lot of most celebrities will stop for a picture because they don't want to be perceived as the dick who doesn't want to take a picture with you. You know, so he was just doing, you know, doing what he felt he should do. I mean, he didn't know whether there's a rule against it or not. 
I ask a lot of celebrities here, and I've I've been told by Steve Leeds that it goes too far, uh, but I ask him to pose for a painting. <laughs> Takes a while, right? Uh, yeah, but you know, it's beautiful. By the time the I'm done, that's the medium you work in. You know, yeah, that's right. I work with oil. Right. You know? I but work I, in oil. That's me. I always thought you were like a. I didn't know you did oil. Well, I do oil. I do. Uh, I sculpt. I don't like to make a big deal about that. But I get a piece of granite. I'll just start hammering on it until it looks like somebody. <laughs> that would be great. Excuse me, Bono. Can you just hold that pose for a minute while I chisel you out of granite? Could you imagine though, like if someone did chisel you, you would go like this. That doesn't fucking look like me, dude. It took me two years. The fact that it even looks like a person, I'm impressed with. <laughs> It's uh, it's tough to work in other mediums other than film because film is instant. Yes, you are. Yeah, that's very true. And really, it's not so much that I work in film. I am film. You know. Well, of course you are. Um, here's Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's going on, guys? How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I work downtown in hotel in uh, Washington, and we get every celebrity and athlete you name it coming through. And I've been there for the past seven years or so. And I can't tell you, we probably fire two people a week just because they can't resist getting a hard-on for Jennifer Aniston or whoever walking by and, and taking their chance and, and think it's their shot. So so they will really, you'll get. You'll have to fire two people a week for crossing the celeb line? I've seen more than two a week. You, should, you, you wouldn't believe that when the inauguration was in place, people were going nuts. It was like, it was insane. Oh, yeah, I am guess there's got to be that many coming in at the same time. All right, thanks. Um, here's, uh, here's Finn and PA. Hey, Finn. Hey, what's going on, buddy? You yeah. sound like a million bucks there, Ronnie. Um, you too, my friend. I I was just wanted to get in on this. I used to work at the Marriott Hotel parking cars um, underneath the hotel there in Pittsburgh, and the fish market is right attached to the, the hotel, and we had to park the cars for the fish market too, and I met celebrities like... Ben Roethlisberger and all different types of Steelers. Well, you can't get bigger than that. But the the policy was we weren't even allowed to shake their hand. And the one person that surprised the most that I wanted to sh I wanted to shake his hand and I wanted to get a picture with him so bad was Jerome Bennis. The bus. And when he every <laughs> bit of the bus and he showed up in this enormous Escalade and he he got out of his truck, handed me the keys and said. I'm going to tip you very well if you don't touch any part of my vehicle and you leave it sit right underneath the canopy of the hotel and don't move it an inch. Yeah. And I sat there with Jerome Bennis' keys in my pocket for an hour and a half while he was in the fish market with some other teammates. And he came out, gave me a $100 bill, shook my hand, and gave me a took a picture with me and said, have a nice day, and signed the $100 bill. I still have it in a frame. First of all, he should just give you a one because you're not spending it. <clears throat> Second of all, if he would have handed me a hundred, I would have said, "Is this a start?" Because you said a big tip. <laughs> okay, maybe this is a fucking big tip wherever you come from, sweatpants. What year was this when he tipped you? <laughs> yeah. And and maybe if he called him Jerome Bettis instead of Jerome Bennis, he would have got a better tip. <laughs> he was now he saw Elaine Bennis. Say, <laughs> yes. I got fucking fired. I worked in a hotel before too. And I got fired for the same thing when celebrities would come in 
I would just say, hey, do you want to get your picture taken with Mr. Longnose? And that's when I would put my sunglasses over my dick. <laughs> but in my defense, a lot of these people weren't even celebrities. Some of them weren't even adults. But boom, fuck it, I get railroaded. I'm taken out of there. Uh, what are you going to do? You know what I mean, Johnny? I hear you. People, I mean... I would love to take a picture with you, Ronnie. I don't think I even own one. Well, you want to take a picture with Mr. Longnose, just let me know. No, Go for it. I'll sure set up. I want to take a picture with Mr. Longnose. You're going to dress up like a girl, though, because I don't want to look hell out. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right, Fezzy? Um, yeah. Here's uh, Kevin. Kevin, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey. This was a big story yesterday in Houston because it obviously happened at Reliant. But the two guys, they I mean, it is a policy. They know it. They signed documents stating not to bother the players, not to ask them for autographs, not to take pictures with them. And it's, there's a couple of news stations that actually broadcast that part that, oh, yeah, we knew the policy, but we did it anyway because, you know, fuck them. They, I mean, what is it, the entitlement in this country? You're not supposed to do it. You do it anyway, and you lose your fucking job. That's just the way shit happens. Tough shit. Yeah, I don't think any... The only people that seem to be outraged by this are the people who hate Tom Brady at any cost and are thinking for some other reason to blame him. He had this coming. Which, you know... I guess there's a certain person, if you're a sports fan... And that was your all-time favorite guy. And you knew you would save that picture forever. Maybe it's worth it to you to risk the job. Um, what are you back and forth about all day today, Chris Stanley? Just, just hustling. You say hustling. I guess you went in there to get that song Fest couldn't get, right? Yeah. It never got on anyway. I know. It was, it was too late. It was just too, I wasn't hustling fast enough. I don't know what's going on with you guys. Chris, there is a thing up on the iBang today. It's probably too long to play on the air. Um, but it's about these Minecraft nerds, right? Yeah. Now, are you familiar with this game? I'm uh, very familiar, yeah. Look, I just go down. I have to see my nephews. Yeah. And they're crazy as shit. Yeah. One of them is five, and the other one is, I think, seven. Okay. Um, these are the little hunters, oh, cool. fishermen, walking around with buck knives. They just have <laughs> the time of the... These kids are carving up deer by themselves at this age. Like their dad is saying, make sure all that deer ends up in the freezer. So, Impressive. for some reason, they both walk around with iPads. All right. Which they've got these plastic cases around. Because I just see them <laughs> tossing the iPad. These cases are so broke up. And I'm like saying to their mom, I'm like, you know, that's like a $400 screen. And you guys are treating it like a goddamn extra sketch. Yeah. Rapper All they're doing is tapping on the Minecraft, right? Yeah. They want me to watch them playing Minecraft. Yep. I say to them, what is, what is going, what can you, what does this game do? A million things. <laughs> what does the game do? What doesn't it do? 
the game goes on forever. You can't win it. Yeah. You're not blowing anyone up. If I turn my head, I would just feel this little tapping on my chest because they want to. I'm supposed to watch them do something that sucks. <laughs> and I would go this far. I don't even think it's a game. I don't think it's a game if someone can't win. There, there, yeah, there is no winning in Minecraft. It's, it's. You could, I guess it could be described as Legos. Because it's just an open-ended world, right? Where you mine for materials, and then you build literally whatever you want. You can build whatever you want. People build, you know, be, make reenactments of entire cities. They make giant dinosaurs. Well, these kids weren't doing any of that shit. They were just running around <laughs> grabbing shit. Uh, I would say that's not a game. Uh, you gotta watch some of these Minecraft nerds. Okay. How much money do you have? Hey, you got a good price. <laughs> How much money, but... Do just... these mod packs for thousands of people to watch. Like, what's your purpose in doing that? <laughs> in other words. I can tell you initially for me... Um, and that's mainly directed... I got very lucky in the... <laughs> oh. You're going with Daya? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I've downloaded many mods on for, uh, like on a website that ended up connecting with Forge, but eventually what happened? I downloaded so many mods that Forge is no longer working with my Minecraft. Is there any way to fix that? Yes. Um, this question is mostly uh, aimed towards Jordan, but the rest of you can answer. It's uh, based off one of the videos he posted. Are you a brony? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Here's what I about. Are these kids nuts, or is this what kids look like nowadays? I believe this is what kids look like nowadays. Uh, this Minecraft thing is so huge. It's so gigantic. It's everywhere. The videos get posted constantly. People love this thing. I, I... But there's no such thing as a nerd anymore, because they're all fucking nerds. There's no such thing as a geek because they're all geeks. Yeah, it's, it's indulged, and you know people want like you want to you know love Star Wars and anything as obscure or weird as possible. Even though some that should like. Can I just say something to you? Yeah. Star Wars is not obscure. It's the biggest fucking movie ever. Stop acting like you guys are into something that's fringe yeah. because it's mainstream. It's like saying, look, I'm going to take you out for something to eat. It's this little place called McDonald's. No one knows about it. It is not obscure. It's not nerdy. It's mainstream. And they're all nuts. Um, here's uh, Doug. Doug in Boston. You're on the Run of Fed show. Yeah, Ronnie. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I see my... I got a 14-year-old, and he spent, whatever, weeks putting together this house. All right, that has all these secret passages and all this cool stuff. And his buddies come over one day, and they're all sitting around the computer. And then all of a sudden, they get on, and he starts freaking out. And I'm in the other room. What's going on? They're blowing up my house. They're doing all kinds of shit. And, oh, my God, the dude was so devastated because it took him so long. And his dickhead friends decided to, like, I don't know what Good. to do, but somehow... You can blow the whole thing up. But here's I, the I thing. Me and my friends used to wreck each other's actual forts. <laughs> Not something that didn't exist. <laughs> you know? It's the same thing. I said, dude, suck it up, okay? <laughs> you shouldn't let them sit there. 
Yeah, don't let anybody on your fucking Minecraft, I guess. Exactly. I, I, so you don't understand what they're doing in there? Uh, there's this whole mining thing they can do where, you you know, you get certain things, and if you combine certain elements, you can get, you know, gold, and you can make uh, uh, weapons and armor. and I, I don't fucking know. I mean, Jesus. I know. It's crazy. Hours on uh, YouTube looking up shit how to make a certain thing. But but when something when when someone says they have a game but they can't explain it, that's not a game anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? A game you hit the ball, you run the first, then the this second, third, win, and the home. Right, yeah. yeah, you win and everybody goes home. The fact that, that a game goes on forever to me that's existence at yeah, that it point. It drives me crazy it does. Uh, thanks. Uh, Jody in Canada, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B, how's it going? Good. Good. Uh, uh, yeah, my three-year-old son's actually into watching that. He has the iPad and whatnot, but he watches the YouTube videos, and most of them are actually grown men that he's watching. So they're wa they're doing their thing, and he's watching these guys. And they're t c telling each other, you know, teabagging and to suck dick. So my son's walking around the house telling his siblings this. I have to send him to preschool next year with a mouth like that. I don't think he's going to make it. All right. Now, here's my question. How does this little kid get on YouTube? He go he goes on the iPad and he's... He unbelievable. Yeah, shit. it is unbelievable. He'll search it. He'll find it. He'll search it until he actually finds it. goes through thousands of these whatever pages that he gets. And he's only through... Well, he'll be four in January. You know, I don't have an iPad because I don't want to carry it around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine. Like, my phone is annoying enough. No doubt. So I just, I don't want to be just living for this thing. But I have nieces and nephews uh, down in Florida. This is on the other side of the family. And I heard the same thing from their dad. They go onto YouTube and watch people do the Minecraft. That's really bizarre. I guess it would be one thing to actually play this thing. But to just wa like I'm, I'm watching well, one. Right I, I'm going to give something in their defense. When I was a little kid, I remember getting a box, standing on it to watch the older kids play fucking pinball, and they would actually say, "Get off the pinball machine," and I'd be like, um, "I'm going to fucking stay here because I'm waiting for Bobby Bennington, asshole." I fucking just chilled everything out. A little Backed bit. everybody off. Fuck yeah. Nice. I don't give a shit. Well, I was going to mention some names, but they still might hold a grudge. I just searched Minecraft and YouTube, and there's like 10 pages of videos. I all have millions of hits. There's hundreds of millions of Minecraft hits on these videos. Um, Tom in Buffalo, you're on the Manifest show. Tom in Boston? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, my son was 11. Uh, he started to learn how to write uh, JavaScript. So he can start doing his own mods. Now he's 13. He's doing it all the time. 11. Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he started off with Python, and then now he's doing Java. All right, now here's the weird thing. I'm sure, like, when you were a kid, your dad taught you how to play ball. You can't teach your kid how to play Minecraft. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it disconnects generations. This is that's crazy. Eleven-year-olds learning programming languages. The weird thing is, most things that come along, you, you, I'm normally like, hey, this is pretty cool. I can't, you know, believe that. Like, I don't tend to watch many 3D movies because the movies themselves suck. Yeah. But the 3D part, I, I'll get that's cool. Sure. But with this, 
I couldn't have been more bored. And they both, one was sitting on my fucking knee, the other's next to me, and they're just tapping Check the it out. shit out of this beat up iPad inside this plastic thing that looked like dogs bed biting on it. And I, I'm saying to their mother, I go, there's fucking 800 hours worth of screens sitting here, all screwed up. I remember when I didn't spend $800 for a fucking TV, <laughs> let alone be carrying a TV around and slamming it down. The iPads replaced like the briefcase. Like, I see dudes, like, especially like NBC, just every dude in, in there in a suit just has an iPad in like a case instead of anything else. That's the only thing they have with them. And Minecraft, like, looks shitty. Like, um, look at this. It's just crappy pixels. It looks like 1980-fucking-8. You're right about that. It's weird. Um, here's our buddy Cigars and Scotch. Hey, my nine-year-old's all in on the Minecraft to the point where he actually built his own server on our computer. And it, at nine, and he's like, you know, I have to get the IP address. And I was like, you want me to look that up for you? And he's telling me, like, no, already got it. It's like I'm standing in the corner sucking my thumb while he's seeing us kind of... Makes you feel obsolete. Yes, you, there's no there's no use for you. And you know what I mean? It just from like you know Google and YouTube and figured out you know you know, you know all the different like ports. Right? It's it did it completely himself. So it's like I was first I was discouraged. Discourage. I'm like he's spending too much time on. It. I'm like well, you know this is the direction he's going in. Let him stick with the computers. He's learning you, a lot. You're right. You're right because how do you know that that isn't the most important life skills that he'll need? In the future, and you want him to fucking whittle or fish or something, you know, and that would be holding him back. Yeah, he's definitely learned a lot from it. So yeah, it's like yeah, let him be all in. All right, peace. I just I don't know whether they're learning or not, or just wasting their time. I literally just um, this this Minecraft video I have up. This fucking kid's just digging a hole into the ground. The, that's the fucking kids that I was fucking hanging with. I just watched this. This is just screen. Look, it's, he's just digging into a hole. He's just digging straight Dude, down. I, I was, I, this was my Thanksgiving. <laughs> I fucking dealt with it. Did I, I told you what those fucking assholes did, right? No, what? Those kids? What they do? They fucking, uh, as soon as I, sh now they wait all year to see me. So they can, because I break their balls. So he gives me a fucking handshake. <laughs> buzzer goes off. They had sent away. For the fucking, the, I'm opening up a can and fucking snakes are coming out. I'm sitting on whoopee cushions, you know. And it was like all day, different fucking visible ink, you know. And I have to act like I don't see every one of them coming yeah, yeah. a million miles away. And then they would be on the floor. Losing their shit. Yeah. <laughs> Walking into an ambush, dude. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I love these fucking kids. I got to show you... Somebody's got a picture of them. They're like little kids, but they look like the fucking Black Crows. They look like the Robinson Brothers. Their fucking hair is just long and crazy, and they're wearing denim jackets. And they're just like, you know, they're fucking homeschooled. They're like crazy kids. Yeah. They just don't have anything to do with anything in life. <laughs> uh, living on a farm, That's bringing cool. eggs in the morning. I'm, I'm nuts about these maniacs. Um... Here's uh, Jesse. Jesse, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's going on, Piranha B? Yeah. So uh, I got this 13-year-old daughter. She's a gorgeous, beautiful girl. She sits endlessly in front of my 51-inch high-definition plasma TV and watches these crappy videos. I, I don't understand it. We used to, like, fight for the controller because we hated watching other people play, and these kids just look, seek it out endlessly. But are they like, oh, now I'll build something like that or no? 
No, she never. She doesn't even play the game. She's never played it. She she plays it on her iPhone a little bit, but she just watches them endlessly do this. It's a top app too, like on, on all phones. Because I mean, look at it. It's not like there's a lot of shit going on in the game. Any phone can play it. Yeah, it drives hey, me nuts. But, you know, Chris, you're not like playing it. Like There's no play. It's not a real game. I think a real game, you have to be able to win. Even in SimCity, there is an ending. You get to the end of like the timeline or whatever, or your city just gets destroyed. There's things that happen. This is people digging holes into the ground. I don't even think SimCity is a real game either. I think that's LARPing. LARPing as a mayor of a town? Yeah. I mean, you know how, like, when someone says we're going to play house, that's not a game. That's, that's just make-believe. It's a simulation. And this is make-believe. This is fantasy. This is jerking off. Cards are a game because you can win. I would even say Pac-Man is a game because I can say, look, Chris, I got your name off. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's no scoring in Minecraft. Yes, solitaire is a game because you can beat the game. Yeah. Free sell. You game. can beat the game. There's an ending. But just because you play something doesn't mean that you're playing a game. Ring Around the Rosie isn't a fucking game. Tag is a game. Hide and Seek is a game. But when you and your friends are playing ARMY, that's not a game. Now, if you were to do the capture the flag, that's a game. Yeah. But out there, ta -ta 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 -ta. no, that's not a game. That's fucking fantasy. I guess there's no object to it. Tags a game, yes. You tag someone and that's a game. Um, here's uh, Brett. You're on the Run of Fez show. Um, hi, my name's Brent. Um, first time caller. Love you guys. Great show. Thanks, buddy. I will say... That Minecraft game, I fucking hate that game. I have an eight-year-old. He has slight autism issues, and it's always about Minecraft, getting those fucking mods. Excuse my language, but, uh... And all the mods don't work with other mods, and different versions work with different versions, and he freaks out, starts pounding on the walls. Sometimes I worry about those damn iPads. It's just his whole life revolves on damn Minecraft things. So I try different things, like you said, like, uh... Get him out, try to play ball and stuff, get him in scouts, but he's just all about this damn Minecraft. I can't, I like to find the guy who wrote the damn thing and kick him in the nuts. Um, it's funny that you bring up autistic because apparently this is a game that autistic kids love. Really? Yeah, it was one of the things I was reading about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's cool sometimes, but they just get so upset, you know, or it's like it's, they're all in their own little world, you know. All right, thanks, man. That's weird. This calms down the autistics. I think someday we're going to feel weird that we're not autistic. You know what I mean? Like, there seems to be, and I, I know it's like wrong to say, but I wonder if this isn't like the first stage in some kind of evolution, you know, to take human beings to the next level. Making them less social? Because that's uh, autism. It's a different kind of social. Yeah. Because like, watching these videos, I guess they interact with other people in, the, in this I thing. I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> I this see, is all beyond me. I see other characters running I, around. I feel like that fucking cowboy in a movie who sees a train going through. I feel like everything's ruined. <laughs> yeah, it's all shut to shit now. They're playing Minecraft. I'm just fucking, yeah. I'm just looking out and there's a posse coming up the hill. There's too many of them.
You Even though I got all these guns all over the place, they're still going to take me out. You guys like Mario? This used to be a hell of a country, partner. <laughs> now no one leaves their house. They just talk to each other while they dig holes. <laughs> Digitally. I don't get the whole digging. I swear to God, just as... <laughs> What you what we're seeing here is the exact shit that I kept seeing over and over. It's just a pickaxe running at badly fragmented walls. Um, Desiree, Chicago. Yeah, Desiree. Hello. Hi, yeah. Ron. Yeah. Hi. Um, I was just calling um, because my uh, we're big fans of Minecraft in my house. My daughter is five. My Son is seven, and my husband and I all play. And uh, my daughter, she actually just, you know, she there's lots of animals in the game, and she just makes up stories as she goes along while she's building stuff. She usually builds death machines. It's actually pretty morbid, but she loves it. And, uh, you know, I know there's no real point to the game, but um, just being able to, to build things, you know, it, it gives you, I don't know, it gives you a lot of creative outlet you know and uh but let me let me just try this why not go out and build things why not go and get some lumber for the kids and you guys build some stuff we could do that and they have legos too that they use now they're a little young to be building with lumber but you know so this is what they do and especially on a winter day is great but they do do legos still and like i said she you know they do a lot of um uh, just imaginative play with it. And uh, they do watch a lot of the YouTube videos, too. They try to make their own YouTube videos. That's just what kids do these days. They just love watching YouTube videos of people playing things and whatever, and they want to do it themselves. So, um, but I yeah. Mean, are so we really that lazy that you got to watch somebody else play a video game? I know. I, they just, you know, I think a lot of it is the people that are playing these, the ones that are really popular are actually pretty funny guys. And um, the, there are a few. Oh, that so are they're really like, their commentary is funny. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's like having yes. a friend that you're watching play the game. Yes. It's a lot like that. And, you know, when I was a game, because I've been a gamer my whole life, and I couldn't watch people play. I'd have to, like, I think. I first said this earlier. I'd have to grab the controller out of people's hands because I couldn't stand it. But it's a different, it's a different, it's such a social thing now for them that, you know, they want to be playing with other people and watching other people play all the time. All right, thanks, no matter what game. Man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, there's actually up on the iBang now comments about what is a game or not. And Freddie the Greek says this if you can play it, it's a game. No. No, that doesn't make sense. A game has to have a set of rules and a purpose for the people playing it. Or else it's imagination. When little kids are getting together and they're playing store, that's imagination. You have to have some kind of competition to be a game. And... This has come up before. Like, are all sports games? Because we've done like, what is a sport, right? I don't even think all that you know. People are saying, is this a game or sport? There are some you know games that we know are not a sport. Yeah. But there's some sports that are not even games. Like I don't know if marathon racing is a fucking game or just. 
that's just testing skill or what I, I mean that's it's not that's, that's that's definitely not a game and um and like stuff like mountain climbing is neither <laughs> it's not really a sport nor a game it's an endeavor <laughs> um Marathon, Freddie the Greek keeps going for it. Freddie the Greek is just a troublemaker. Uh, Butthole says games have to have an objective. This is a hobby. Hobbies do not end. Ooh. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. When you're whittling <laughs> or playing the harmonica, those are not games. Now, they're both perfectly fine hobbies to have for somebody. It does seem like a hobby because people build things then they show them off to people. And then they show people how to fucking do them. Alright, by the way, I'll just bring this up but I never comment on the commenters. This fucking Cletus from Brooklyn never puts a single thought into anything. Just so quickly to say everything sucks and then move on. Alright. This got written into me. What about Duck Duck Goose? Is that a game? I got to tell you the truth. Since this is not the 1930s, I'm not all that familiar with Duck Duck Goose. So I don't know how it's played. Um, Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Um, I just wanted an update on the Big Cat shirt. Is he wearing the same shirt today? Of course he is. He's wow. wearing the same shirt. And he's just standing there with his hands in his pants. He hasn't even fucking sat down today. He's not jumped into any of the conversations. Uh, twice he tried to go for songs that didn't exist. No. So, today seems to be a washout. I don't know why it matters to Jay what shirt I'm wearing. It doesn't affect his life whatsoever. People get curious because a man who wears the same shirt every day m makes them curious. It's weird. I don't think you need to judge it, Chris. <laughs> Just, I mean, I, I I'll wear the same shirt a couple of days around. I'm slovenliness. He's not going to answer you. For some reason, Fez is. Yeah, it's fine when you do it. What's that? Chris can wear the same shirt over and over again. It's fine. <laughs> there, I, I have a reason for why laziness and lack of doing laundry yeah no one calls up complaining about it I don't know what these little things mean what? never mind I'm going to get back into this conversation I can't wait for the dead air Joey you're on the Run Fest show Hey, uh, there is an actual end to Minecraft in the regular game. Um, the end character is called the Ender Dragon. My 10-year-old daughter was telling me all about it. But um, I think the majority of people play, like, the different server games. Like, they combined Hunger Games and Minecraft. I don't know if you searched that out. That's real big, and that's where they did basically 24 people against each other in a created world. Well, that sounds like a game. That sounds like closer to a game. Yeah, yeah. Just digging, and, digging, digging. Yeah, I play a lot of that, but I think majority of people play games like that. And they, they create other games where they mix in, you know, Minecraft with some kind of Mario game or this and that. And basically what it is is people can build their own their own game, I guess, in their own server. 
and then other people join into that. Uh, so I'm going to ask you another one that seems to be popular. See if you guys know this Candy Crush I hear about. Is that a game or that is um. Yeah, that's a game. There's levels, there's scores, and you beat levels until you get to the end. But there's a shitload of levels. I don't know anyone's ever was actually beating it, but it, that's a that's a that's the hot phone app right now. Is, is uh, it a never-ending game though? No end. I think there's like 350 levels, and so, once you, once you get to the levels, you've beaten Candy Crush. That's as, as as far as I know. Well, you would know. I play it on the subway. Well, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, uh, my daughter's eight, and last year I'd gotten her a Kindle Fire, and she um, she wanted Minecraft, and she got it, and it was too hard for her, and she she couldn't really do anything with it. Well, you know, in the last year, I guess she got better at it because she she said, "Daddy, do you want to see what I, I built?" And I'm like, "Oh sure." And I thought it'd just be like a little house or something. She built a fucking elaborate city with a library and a hospital, and even like a church with a memorial for her dead grandmother. And it was just like I couldn't. It couldn't wrap my hand my my head around what she was doing with that. How old is she? She's eight. And but she also really likes Lego. Has come out with something called Lego Friends, which is a girl centric Legos, and she Hmm. loves those. So I mean, she's got three of those waiting, you know, for Christmas. So you know, she she likes to do stuff with her hands and be creative. But um, that game just lets her imagination go wherever it takes her. And if she turns out to be an architect or an engineer, you know, I think. That you know, you can attribute it to that that she had that opportunity to build things with her mind, um, you know. So I just, I, it's a lot of time she spends on it, but you know. Yeah, it, but it here's helps. the thing: you think that she's going to be an engineer and architect because she's playing video games? It doesn't really happen. Well, that's that way. true. Yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah. there's probably a well, better chance that, and no offense, that she'll end up at Walmart because <laughs> you know, hanging out there getting fucking discounts on the video games. You're raising a greeter. Everybody always wants to act like, for some reason, whatever these kids are doing makes their life turn out better. You don't know. You're fucking just throwing dice. Ooh, they're interested in this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feed this in curiosity. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Million bucks, Ronnie. Million bucks. Uh, I wanted to gra- congratulate Fez, or should I say Todd, because I was listening to Jimmy's advice show today, and Todd called in looking for help. He had all the symptoms that Fez has. Yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was a fake Todd from New York. Way to go. You used my real name. Uh, Brilliant. Brilliant strategy, whoever it was. Is that why you're upset? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm just, I'll be honest. I'm uh, I'm just a little pissed. Because uh, someone who calls in using my name on Jimmy's advice show... Um, actually knows as much about what's going on around here as I do. Um, well, did you get any advice? No, once, uh, E-Rock told Jimmy it was fake, it was done. Were you hoping that you would get the advice? No, I was, uh, I'd love to get any information around here. I don't know what's going on. I was hoping when I was listening. <laughs> I want to hear what you want. Give Wouldn't it be fucking amazing if Jimmy just had the advice <laughs> after all these years? It's the best goddamn advice you've you ever heard. You need Buspar. Uh, here's Lewis in Manhattan. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I just want to help you guys out a little bit. Um, those videos that those kids are watching, they uh, they have a title. They call it Let's Play Videos. 
And I mean, they're they're just all over. I mean, they have them for every freaking game. Even John Madden. There's just this a group of people, kids, adults who um, a lot of them just don't want to get online. A lot of these games are like online connected and they're just shy or maybe uh, they get harassed or something online so they go to these Let's Play videos so they can still kind of interact with their game without actually interacting with people. So it's actually a way for <laughs> people on the internet to not connect with people. It's kind of weird. And uh, the, the biggest, uh, I think the biggest Let's Play video out there is uh, the, the Yogg Cash. You guys need to put them up. They're like these two British guys that just play Minecraft all day and um they're pretty funny but i mean it's more you know it's more kid humor but every now and then you know they'll let an f-bond drop or something no I, i'm not gonna just waste my time that's exciting you have a fuck about watching two guys play a video game minecraft xl somebody told me that uh, uh a pinball place is opening up in new york though there is a there is a pinball place it's doing well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i plan on going i can't wait it's like 20 bucks and like all you can just go in and play as much pinball as you want why would I pay 20 bucks? Let me go in there with fucking 50 cents and play all night. Because I ain't getting off this fucking machine and I'm going to turn the son of a bitch. Watch it. Stay close. This fucker's about to turn. You might hit other other machines, though. Really? Sure, yeah. Once they fucking dominate a machine? No. On to the next one. Fuck you. <laughs> Why don't you fucking go on to the next one with your pocket full of change? It's the only way you can stay in here. I'll show up with a fucking quarter and stay all night. <laughs> Damn. I better call Jimmy's advice show. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get a little carried away about how good I am at pinball. It might even be insane. <laughs> I'm attacking a business that is just trying to get people pinball. Dutch in Connecticut. You're on the Manifest show. Hey, buddies. And hey, you son of a bitch. How's everyone? What up? Hey. hey based, based on your rules before, it sounds like then that masturbation qualifies as a game. There's a clear objective. There are rules such as not getting caught by your wife or being in a school zone. Uh, it can almost be classified as sport due to you know strain and effort or competition being first before your friend. I don't know. I'm open to it. Uh, why don't you fucking throw take a shit into the same thing? You're not making any sense at all. It's crazy, so, dude. Just because something is a clear objective, we're talking about a game that you would play. <laughs> not just a jack party with your buddies. This is creepy. Sponge Steve says, Why won't Fez just tell Ron that he's pissed at him? That is the <laughs> internal question. I'm not pissed at you. I'm just pissed at circumstances. I'm that pissed at people like that that email you and continue to try to build whatever wedge they want to do. It's uh, not an email. It's Sponge Steve, and he wrote it up on the iBang under the game thing. No, uh, all right, Sponge Steve, you want me to be pissed at someone, I'm pissed at you. Okay, there we go. Angry fest today. Really the angry. wedge. Really angry. Yeah, pinball, new pinball places downtown, 26th Street, on the east side. Great, let this fuckers know I'll be in tonight. <laughs> you ain't closing, too, when all this dude's here. <laughs> Ever since I was a young boy. <laughs> Call them up, ask them if they got the fucking Tommy machine. I'll be down there right now. I'll just fucking put on a best of and leave here. <laughs> I'll put, put a call in. Um, Gary, Indiana, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, what's happening? There's a pinball machine called Disco Fever. It's probably hot around 77, 78. Yeah. I would dominate you on that machine, man. Gary, I'm getting on a fucking plane right now, 
and I'll meet you in Indiana. Yeah, I'll hey, you Gary in there. You remember, you remember those banana flippers and whatnot? Yeah. I mastered them years ago. I'll tear your ass up, I'll honey. fucking do it in your home fucking town. Hey, get all the fucking the airlines for me. And you know what? Since it's 70, no, no, forget JetBlue. I'm flying out there by propeller. We're going to fucking right. do this 70s style. Prop crane rentals. <laughs> Right, we can charter one. It's not even a problem. Uh, Shane. Shane, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Does uh, Fez actually believe that you're going to let listeners get inside your fucking head? I mean, you're a fucking genius, and he actually thinks that you're going to let that happen? It's just uh, part of a long, long fucking list around here. What, Sponge Steve? Sponge Steve's at the bottom of the list, but yeah. Add him, add him to it. Where else are you going to put your redirected anger? Hicks, you know how you said that you'll take care of things for me? Yeah. So they stop fucking annoying me. Yeah. Would you please give a shitty prize to the, to the fucking uh, the, the Crocs with socks or whatever that fucking guy is? Who drew something, he thought he won. And tell him, please, never draw another fucking thing. All right. So he can stop getting emails. We never used it. It never showed up anywhere. How many times did me and you had this conversation? Number. He's fucking driving me mad. No one ever used his thing. He didn't win anything. It must have taken him, by looking at it, seconds to draw this. Oh, he's getting some right now. Uh, John, in Florida, you're on the Manifest Show. Hello, boys. Y'all are slaying as usual. Hey, yeah. um, on the autistic thing, there was a bit on either on Sunday morning or 60 Minutes, and they were saying what a great auto tool the iPad was for these autistic kids, and I thought that was great. But then we had a babysitter who actually worked with autistic kids, and she just rolled her eyes and said, you know, these kids, they just go into it, and you can't get it away from them. They turn into rabid dogs, and they're just gone. I mean, you just can't deal with them after that. But um, so, uh, you know, it might not be the best thing in the world for them. I mean, but, uh, I don't another, know, but, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, on, on a separate note, down here in Fort Lauderdale a long time ago, I saw you and Fez at Uncle Funny's, and you slayed, and Fez rocked the place. Love you guys. I remember that fucking uh, joint. Yeah. Yeah, he called, uh, I think he called me fuckstick that night. It was yeah. good. Yeah, uh, I remember you, fuckstick. <laughs> good to talk <laughs> to you again. Right, Peace. Right, Witty man I am. Killing it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, here's uh, Ron in Maryland. You're on the Ron Fest show. Hey, uh, I, got a, I got a funny one. Uh, when I was on vacation, when I was like 13, you know, like 82 or something, Wildwood, New Jersey, where the family always went. They had this big, big arcade, one of the big arcades there on the boardwalk, and uh, they had this brand new pinball machine, and they had like front and center, and they had this big thing on there. If you turn over the machine, you get a free all-day pass to Moray's water slide park. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I was good at pinball. As I got close to turning it over, like the owner was there, and he comes out, and people are gathering around, and I turn it over, and everybody's cheering. And next thing you know, I keep playing. I'm getting doing even better. 
and this news crew happened to be on the boardwalk, <laughs> and they came in, and they're doing this stupid, dorky interview, and then I, and the, the owner says, if I turn it over again, he'll give my whole family a free pass at the water park, and I double-turned it over. Holy and shit. As soon as I double-turned it over, I lost. You know, it was like, <laughs> of course, as soon as you double-turned it over, I lost my last ball. But it was so dorky, man. I mean, that's how, you know, back in those days, man. <laughs> I like the fact that you're still bragging about it, but you it's that like, oh, let me downplay. Yeah. You know, isn't this stupid? I turned it over twice. Got free passes. Seriously, if I fucking, if I turned a game over twice, I'd probably just end up killing myself knowing that life couldn't get any better. <laughs> this was too big. It was. It was too much for one man to experience. <laughs> All right. Nice Thank talking, you. dude. Peace. Mm. Um, here's a making you're on the run of Fez show yeah I was curious if Fez ever read the quote that uh, you put up on the interrobang yesterday because I read it and it, like it kind of choked me up man I, I don't know it seems like what's going on is some sort of change and like the end of what's going on you know what I mean we're definitely going to do a change well, uh, I, I hope out. it works out the best for everyone, you know? Thanks. We were out with uh, Mr. Tim Sabian last night at the Friars Club. It was a classy affair. Um, not by the way you were dressed. All right. Where they offered you a jacket. <laughs> I, I, I felt very uncomfortable at that point. You don't own a jacket of any kind? No, I don't. It's and then bad. I did the joke to try to make it better. <laughs> Oh, did Zero, did Zero Mostel leave behind an old jacket? So I I had dinner in a in a pit docks leather jacket he had given me. That's Christmas. nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, I felt I felt you know pretty cool in that. Now, also, I'm not going to get into this, but you notice that Fez didn't enjoy his steak. Now, yeah. I also ordered a steak, um, which I don't normally do, but I thought hmm, place doesn't have the best reputation. How can you ruin a steak? Destroyed it. Fez is just pushing his around. Yeah. So later, I said to Fez, I go, why didn't you enjoy, didn't you enjoy your steak? And he said to me, I'm still trying to figure it out. It had spices on it. What? <laughs> Spi I just didn't have my, as that dinner went on, I didn't have much of an appetite. Because I, I was just, we were sitting there with Tim, and I was just, um... Watching the writing on the wall, reading the writing on the wall, whatever, however that phrase goes. There wasn't any writing on the wall. It was an enjoyable night ahead by all. Oh, great time. Well, um, Tim was very up. Um, I notice as he's talking to you. And you. And there's plenty of future for everybody. He, well, that's what he was saying. All kinds of possibilities. But uh, never looked my way when he was saying that. That was all directed at you. So... I, I don't know how I'm supposed to enjoy a dinner. Chris, uh, I, uh, well, what about this? We're sitting one table away from Jerry Stiller. Now, how can you not enjoy that dinner? Awesome. So, um, you wore the, the jacket the pit doc gave you, right? Yes. Why didn't you use the razor? <laughs> he tried to get you to shave before. Yeah, this that was a bad move on my part. I gotta start shaving more. Uh, George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I got a question, Ron. Yeah. Um, when Earl 
left there, you guys, well, the company claimed that he was nuts. And it mm-hmm. seems to me that Fez is way over what Earl was, and you yourself. I mean, if he got, if he, if you guys split up and he left you, it's almost like you're his lover in a sense. That's, you think he'll that's come disgusting. Back and try to kill you. you that's think disgusting. We're both men. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? He, he might take his revenge out on you finally after he is gone, and then he may take his revenge out, you know. Look, if Fez puts back. a bullet at me, I got it coming. There's nothing. That would be kind of the perfect ending to everything. It's not going to fucking happen, George, but I appreciate you trying to throw out the idea to the company that I would do something dangerous and hurt people if uh, if plans that I think are happening are happening. But no, I, I do appreciate that fucking thought going out there. What are you talking about, dude? He made a joke. I don't see it as a joke. You shooting me is not a joke to you. Like, that's more of a possibility. No, not not when I know stuff is going on around here this week. And, it, and just give HR or Tim or anyone else one more, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, bullet in their pocket. Huh? There's got to be a, a million better terms than bullet in the pocket. Because yeah, that one doesn't exist. Yeah, that's not a term. Unless there's a thing called dumb slang that I don't know about. (laughs) There's no such thing as, he's got another bullet in his pocket. No, there's a song called Bullet in My Pocket. They're talking about their cock. Don't put that on. Oh, apologize. Apology accepted. (laughs) What about that going out over the air? Um, You sound a little tense today. I, t- I didn't sleep after that dinner last night. I that was up dinner all night. was fucking great, and everything was nice. Really fun and we time. were treated like fucking kings. Everything was nice for most of the table. That's not true. That's not true. Come on. If anyone, I mean, I came there very underdressed. I should be the one, like, you know, tense. You're underdressed for this. <laughs> You're underdressed for radio. <laughs> You were, you'd be underdressed right now if I said you have to go out to the dump with me and help me throw stuff out. You want to go change first to look presentable. You're going like this. You're going to fucking embarrass me in front of the other people throwing shit out. And the junkyard dogs. I'm glad I didn't wear the army jacket. That would look really crazy. By the way, Fez... Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> you weren't eating, and you weren't talking, and everybody else was being pleasant. No, I, I felt like an intruder. You weren't an intruder, and a lot of things were going your way. A lot of things were being said great about you. I don't recall anything being said great about me. I remember any of the great talk being directed to you and me looking at the back of Tim's head as That's he was turned towards you. fucking true. That's not true. He was talking about Ron and Fez. I heard Ron a lot. Dude, first of all... So I, I, I was really, seriously, expecting the other shoe to drop. What other shoe? Last night, when Tim's like, let's go out to eat. Yes, here's the other shoe. We have a lot of options. We don't have to be stuck. That's a fucking great shoe to drop if that means anything i didn't even know the first shoe dropped let alone the other shoe 
Why is there so many metaphors on this show today? It's a lot of shoot talk. I'm going fucking crazy. Bolts in our pockets. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. I don't think Fez is going to do a murder-suicide. I think the other day Hicks uh, put that thought in his head of a suicide murder with some type of uh, rope rigged up with a candle underneath it to take himself out. I mean, it's going to happen. Nice job, Hicks. Come on, man. Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, yeah, Ron. No, you can't use the C word. You can't say crazy, remember? So, but, you know, the last, the other caller said that he's going to kill you. We know he's not going to kill you. He only wants to kill interns. Please maim. Yeah, bring up something from three years ago. How about bring this up? You have a problem with spices on steak. What, was it a spicy steak? Oh, it was a Cajun steak. <laughs> What's well, not a Cajun <laughs> steak? This is at 1989, and that steak was delicious. It looked like a good steak. I just wasn't hungry. Should have gone the lamb. Well, which great. one is it? Do you have a problem with with Cajun spices, or you're not hungry? I told you to order Bronzini. You would have loved it. The spices and the conversation made me not hungry. Stop it. Seriously, stop it. The conversation was great. Everything is great. You didn't think the spices that you were being poisoned, did you? At the Friars Club? Wouldn't that have been ironic? <laughs> Dude, there were people coming up to our table that were so fucking funny. It was a it was such a it was such a fun. We night. We, we met a guy named Mark <laughs> last night whose son is a big fan of the show. And this guy owns some great buildings in the city. One of them is one of my favorite buildings in the world. And this guy was so funny that he was demanding that we go to to his daughter's <laughs> wedding. And I'm like, yes, I will go. And Tim was like, just tell him, just stop it. I'm down. Stop it. You've taken it too far. <laughs> I wondered about that, too. Because the wedding's in January, so that's next year. Is there a reason why Tim doesn't want us to accept an invite to the Dude, wedding? I'm not even going to listen to you. What? Since nobody's telling me anything, I just I, have to look for stuff. Everybody's telling you everything, dude. I fucking told you everything that's going on. Everybody's up on this. No one is keeping a thing from you. I don't know what any of these possibilities are that Tim's talking about. They're all the possibilities that exist. Nothing is fucking in stone. I was Before we went on vacation... I was going out of my mind. I was saying, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. The company is saying to us, there are things that you can do and still have fun in this business. Why is that a negative? Because I'm being uh, unincluded in you, it. You're at the dinner. If this was a dinner that you weren't at, then you would be, as you say, unincluded. But you weren't unincluded. We're all talking. I just felt like there was something Tim was wanting to say, but he wasn't. We talked for hours. You got to meet some of the biggest people in the industry last night. We had a blast. It was fun, it was light, and it was the company saying, we like you guys together, we like you guys separately, let's do something this week. 
Why is that a negative? That's not a negative. And A, Fez, I have a fucking telephone or you can talk to me anytime. Why, why does this come up during another conversation? No one would ever keep you out of anything. When you just said separately, I worry about that. It would be a decision that we will all make. I just think there's other forces at work around here. There are no other forces. The forces in this place have done nothing but say, let's make a, a, a bright future. And we have options to do. Don't get... Tim actually said, don't ever get so upset that you just fucking walk out or do something that you, you know, would regret later. He even said, if you want to take off some time, do stuff separately, you know, go on a vacation, whatever. These are very positive things. But people just think that we get a little stressed with each other anymore. And as you're saying that we don't, you fucking do this kind of shit. Luke, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Fez, I won your fat ratty old shirt about three weeks ago. I was just wondering if you want me to send that back. I'm just sitting in the packaging and it uh, sounds like you might miss it a little bit. That doesn't help. No, keep it. It's an old uh, Fed shirt. Probably won't need it. What does that mean? I, it does, I don't know what it means. Then when you do know... I don't know what any of this means. Well, when you do know, this would be a, the time to have a conversation. But to come into some place and... Do, are you asking anything specifically? No, you're not. You're just saying you don't know what things are. How could you not know what things are when you sat there and had the dinner? Um, Lady Trucker. Yes, uh, Cindy, what are these changes that you think are going on? You know, I don't want to put ideas in people's head, and it's really none of your business. Well, then I wouldn't bring it up on the fucking show, Fez, if it's none of her business. I, I don't know what the changes are. I know Tommy Rhodes is coming in here tomorrow. I don't know what that's about. Why is all of a sudden... I didn't see his name on a booking sheet or anything. I don't know why Tommy Rhodes is all of a sudden coming in here. Tommy Rhodes is one of the best fucking comedians on the planet Earth. He's an old friend of mine. He's an old friend of ours. And he's stopping by tomorrow. It just seems weirdly coincidental. In what way? Because I don't know what's going on with me in this company. Yes, you do. I was expecting to hear last night at the going away party. Jesus. Um, I'm going to break. Right back. Run and Fez. Run and Fez. Quickly, I went naked, it's flickly. Now to 
feeling so holy, God knows I was feeling alive. The great Tom Waits finally makes Artist of the Day, despite Chris Stanley going out of his way to keep him off of the Artist of the Day. Uh, luckily for all of us, uh, Kyle is on it. Um, you know, so many people talking about Rob Ford in Toronto being the craziest mayor of a major city. The major and beautiful city of Marcus Oak, Pennsylvania, their mayor uh, has finally stopped down um, with only a month left to his term. Did not make it to the finish line. 
um, because um, supposedly the mayor had a police car bring a 20-year-old former neighbor to his house. Got him drunk and wouldn't let him lead. leave. Also, he held guns to the guy's head. And at one point, they would take the gun off him and he would return with another gun. <laughs> and then finally th- fired the third gun into a stack of papers. That's, well, it's just a stack of papers. Hurt yeah, anyone. it all worked out well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, when, you look, when you're talking about a major, major metropolitan area like Marcus Hook, PA, yeah. you've got to be a tough guy to run a town like that. You know, sometimes you can't let the twinks leave. Dude had an iron fist, man. It's sad that he goes out with a month left. Yeah, they should let him finish. Weather that storm, dude. Let him finish his term. <laughs> Come well, on. Well, I guess he wanted to make sure he got everything tied up before he went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> He'll see the light of day again. Oh, in this lifetime? Yeah. Sure. I mean, he could go to Canada. Uh, Ed Burns is going to be here later today. Uh, Mob Mob City Sun starts tonight. <laughs> You think a lot of people are doing Rack City fucking parodies to that? Oh, of course. Uh, on TNT. I watched the f- first two episodes. It's fucking great. It looks awesome. I, I, I don't know what it is. Why can't there be a gangster show that I don't like? But I like them all. It's just a, it's just a fun genre. And this is based, like, in real life. It's, you know, real real gangsters, right? Yeah, I mean, he's playing Bugsy Siegel. Cool. But I don't think every gangster is real. Okay. Uh, it's like Boardwalk Empire, where they have some real names, but it doesn't mean that every single guy is real. This isn't a docudrama, to quote you, Chris. Yeah, well, a docudrama format is a favorite of mine. Um, Later today, Chris wants to tell us his beef about internet commenters. I can't wait. Uh, that you get from all the websites, right? Yeah, from yeah, literally every everything. As long as if there's an internet comment section, you find uh, there's people that they all have their same archetypes. Exactly. Now I've been noticing a lot of the bigger sites are getting rid of the comment sections too. Yeah, either getting rid of or you have to, or there's a process where you're approved. Where you know you can comment, but someone at the site's going to have to say, "All right, that's good. Put that up." Oh, so your your thing doesn't go up immediately; it takes a couple days. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We'll have a team of people just working the the comment section. Um, this went up also on the iBang. Is this the world's most racist ad for a law firm? Now, obviously, these guys n- did it knowing people are going to get mad, right? Uh, y- yeah. All right, let's just play the ad and just know that the guy's wearing glasses with fake slanted eyes in it. Insurance company tried to mess me over. I needed a good lawyer. Confucius say I'm hotty.com. M-H-A-T-T-Y.com. These guys are good. Insurance company in trouble. <laughs> now... They couldn't have done that without knowing that people would get pissed off at it. I mean, he hits all the Asian stereotypes. Asian. Oh, now they're saying hackers did it. That's the, they're saying they're they're blame, That's what the law firm is blaming. Okay, good. Then I then I believe them. I don't know. They, this could just be all smoke and mirrors. 
This could just be one guy covering his own ass. That's what I think. Well, I hope that you've got a, a law firm to back it up with because I'm going to say if they uh, say that it was hacked, I have no reason not to believe them. I mean, I've seen I've hackers. never seen hackers leave a video behind before, though. <laughs> well, the anonymous guys, uh, they'll, they have the, uh, their anonymous videos where they said the guy Fox mask on. All right, so now you're saying it could be hackers. What's the voting on this? Right now... It's, um, who is a racist? Nobody. It's just a joke is leading at 45%. <laughs> and, then, and then right behind that is everyone is the racist. <laughs> and the, lastly, the law firm is the least racist out of all of this. And what's that at? That's at about just under 5%. <laughs> our people just don't believe. They Our people believe we live in a post-racist world. Yeah, they, they, you know, we're past all this. Mm. But plenty of people out there just are, are going to get pissed off at Asian men. Or white men acting as an Asian. We don't know. Could be an Asian man under those glasses. True. Um, the Walmart biggest black seller, Black Friday seller, was not any kind of electronic no, at all. Nothing. The number one thing that Walmart moved on Black Friday was a two dollar fifty cent towel, a two an under three buck linen. Must have been close to the door. Across the country, this is the number one thing. Yeah, but it might be a nice soft towel for only two fifty. I wouldn't mind having that. No, Where my you. tail, motherfucker? Where my tail? <laughs> Sometimes I make fun of this, that some of the larger black guys in New York City will just go everywhere with a towel around their neck yeah. as if they're in a locker room. It doesn't matter where they are. They, it always has the look that they're walking through the locker room. They got to stay dry, man. I mean, it gets hot out there. Mm. Louis C.K. found uh, signed a multiple deal with FX, which I guess now means FXXXX. Or both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's now can, um, has the yeah, production deals to do shows. He can write them, direct them, do whatever he wants with them. But yeah, he's now in charge of multiple different shows. And he has, you know, carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Tits. Yeah. <laughs> that is tits. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to direct him. He can just be a producer, and then that show goes off on its own, or he can just come in and do whatever he wants. Yes, I understand how it works if you create something. It doesn't mean that you're in it. Chuck Lorre has a deal like this. Louis can literally... The show could be on for like three years. He's just a producer. But it's like, you know what? I want to star in this week's episode. He can do it. That's all he wants. That's, he has complete creative control. I've never seen anyone ever do that before, though. I think he's going to be the first guy to do it. Like, what if two and a half Can I men... just say something? You're talking fucking crazy today, too. Am I? It's, yes, it's overshadowed, but that explanation that you gave yeah. was insane. But that's 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 what's going down. Sometimes I think that you're not nuts because I hear you trying to at least stop Dave, which, by the way, you are the whole of the Dave show. You're just like, don't do it, Dave. Better stop that, Dave. Well, you know what? The, the amount of craziness that happens, someone should be saying no. 
There, there's enough crazy, enough fun times but, for everyone. But anytime that you give an explanation for anything, it's nutty. With that thing <laughs> that you just gave about Louie, yeah. would take anywhere from a lack of understanding to outright lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. I I really feel like I understand but what's that going on the point. with Louie. Like, I'm the producer, and I'm going to drop myself into the, this show. <laughs> That's not why people produce things. <laughs> I think Chuck Lorre is going to be starring as the Charlie Sheen character in the next season. JT, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, hey, uh, you know, I just got a comment on that uh, number you gave out for the number one item sold at Walmart. The reason why it's a damn towel, which is the stupidest fucking thing people would buy, is because they have 500 fucking towels in each store and only 10 tablets or 10 of these computers, and that's it. You know people want more of those computers, but they just ain't got the damn thing. Yeah, I understand that, but still, if I'm running around Walmart on fucking Thanksgiving night, I'm not going to stop for a towel. Screw that. Right, that's what I mean. That's but if you're there, you're going to buy something, and it's cheaper. So you show up thinking you're going to buy a tablet. Shit, they're rampaging. They've already torn the tablets out of here. I don't know. Oh, look at these towels are cheap. Here's 10 bucks. I'll buy a set of four. I mean, to leave a place, four fucking bath towels for 10 bucks? Yeah, you're going to do it. Um, Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. I just, Ryan, I just walked out of a, uh, a Walmart in Fredericksburg, Virginia, sad to say. But my, uh, my wife and my two daughters know that when daddy yells out for his, uh, BFPT dog, where's my BFPT dog? We're talking about my big fat person towel. When it's summer out, I need to walk around with my towel. Got your towels on. And Walmart, it's basically like Bill Murray is doing their ads. VCR, towel, towel. BCR, towel, towel. Most of these are towels. You only give out like two VCRs. It's almost time for Scrooge. That's going to be fun. Yeah, with Scrooge, you can sit and watch it, whatever you're doing. It's like it's like it's. If there's a TV in that in the room, you could just you can stream it even from the cloud, or use a DVD. I know one thing: your name didn't pop up at all last night, Chris. <laughs> even with you sitting there. <laughs> He's good lamb chops. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Mr. Fucking Astoria always got to eat his lamb chops. Love lamb. All right, let's let you jump into this thing that you want to explain to us. Let's see if All you right. can sell it or ramble on about it. I'm not going to ramble. Okay. I'm on point. Be interesting either way. <laughs> All right. The internet. There are billions of comments. But the vast majority of those billions of comments all boiled down to only a few different things. People are all saying the same exact thing on the internet. And they're just constantly repeating themselves over and over again with their stupid comments. Um, now, the weirdness of it uh, about this whole thing is you're saying no matter what site you go, you go to the iBank, you go to rollingstone.com, doesn't matter. All of them. It's infiltrated the entire internet. If, you, okay. if someone can throw their two cents into something, it'll be most likely one of these comments. All right. It's really it's a phenomenon that I don't think anyone understands yet, and I'm trying to break wide open. I understand it, but go ahead. <laughs> I understand that people are boring, and they fucking fake things and steal them. 
oh yeah, they'll see one good thing and then just. Uh, 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 before you get into this, remember, did, were you the one that put up the story the other day about the new tower in New York City that they think makes weird noises at night? Oh uh, no, I didn't. I didn't put that one up. Um. Well, one of your people did, and you probably should know what's going on with your gang. Um, but at the end of the day, they're acting like this tower makes noises that's scary at yeah. night, the new tower. They're putting it on the news last night that I'm watching, and they start to treat it like it was haunted. Rather than it's empty and the wind is whipping through this big building. Yeah. And the newscaster actually said this. Oh, my God. That's exactly where one of the planes hits. Oh. As if it's a ghost tower now. But I, w I don't mind people being so dumb that they think something is a ghost tower. I hate when it's being accepted on the news and thrown out to people as ghost tower. All right. So let's go back to your piece. Okay. First of all... The number one person is the troll. The troll is someone who's going to post something just to get a reaction out of someone. No matter what the, no matter what it is. No matter so what would a troll response normally be? Fuck Centaur. <laughs> that's that's a troll. That's a troll comment. Yeah. yeah. Just it, it, it it'll go in the opposite direction. They'll pr just be dicks purposely to get reactions out of all the other commenters, so that, all right, now the video wasn't the focus of whatever's happening, the troll's now being attacked or whatever. And it's also people will just straight up lie and post things just to get uh, examples out of people. It happens all the time on Reddit. Some guy once posted that he cooks jism for a uh, old man, twice, for like a millionaire, and it, was, it blew up into a giant threat until someone realized, wait a minute, this guy's lying. This guy is a troll. But you act like this is something that happens on every site. Now you came up with a specific cook jism story. Well, that's just, that's just very specific yeah. to that. But that, there are people, there are trolls everywhere on the internet. So you're saying the, the point of a troll is just to make people angry. Yeah, that's, okay. there's, no, there's nothing behind the troll. So these are the archetypes of every site, doesn't matter who it is. Exactly. This, you okay. will find every one of these people on every single website with a comment section. Next is the always fun fake the person who just goes to anything any video or even picture anything visual and say this is fake this isn't real and that's all they go to do they just go to the internet they go to the comment section to add this brilliant piece of wonderful language i only fake. the only time that i will ever post anything on a website i will write fake or i'll simply write gay <laughs> now do you think the fake guy and the gay guy are different they fall in the same category. It's the same category. Yeah, it's the same Because you're thing. just trying to say the same, this, the one dumb thing rather than actually comment. Yeah. That's the fake guy. Uh, the next is the grammar Nazi, who could be the most annoying of these people because this person, who's just so great at writing, will then take the time out to say, all right, that needs a comma, that needs, that's misspelled. When you get the point of what this per the person was posting, you know you understand what they were saying. So you don't believe that English should be used correctly. English should be used correctly, but the grammar Nazi will go to the most minute thing to make another commenter look like an asshole, even if that commenter was making a point and was it, it was coming across. The grammar Nazi is just an anal dick. That's almost impossible to be, isn't it? An <laughs> anal dick. Yeah, it's a dick who's very anal about their grammar and really mm. just showing off their just brilliant knowledge of the English language when someone is just trying to post. He's getting killed. 
over a grammar Nazi. I would have called him an asshole. <laughs> Double down. And they're everywhere. They're everywhere. People just love pointing this shit out. Come on. Everyone knows what I'm talking about here. Come on. Jesus. No one likes a grammar Nazi. The next two is the guy who hates Fox News, who will go on to Fox News and, and, and just start attacking people. And then there's also the guy who hates liberals, who will go after people just because of their... It's, it's kind of like a troll, but they're only trolls for political stuff. They will only go so after So no matter that. what happens, he'll find a way to blame Obamacare or Bill O'Reilly's Fox News. <laughs> yeah. You call this balanced? <laughs> Shut up. But see, don't you get it? These people are... They aren't balanced at all. Uh, next, a go-make-a-sandwich. This, oh, there's something to attack the broads with? Yeah. If anyone... Because, let's say, the internet's a little bit misogynist. Just a tad. So, if a woman... Or if someone, it seems, if it's a woman commenting, they'll just say, listen, just go make a sandwich. Just as simple as that. Because they don't want to hear a woman talking. Because I guess women have nothing good to say. They're everywhere. The kill yourself guy, who, whatever you post, you'll just say, kill yourself. All right. I get it. You don't like what I'm posting or talking about. Here's uh, Jeff. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. The thing I hate the most is when someone will throw out, like, a little cheap shot zinger. Someone will respond. And then the person who threw out the first zinger does the four-paragraph comment of how they're so intellectual, and point by point by point, they'll just go down. And then finally at the end, like Chris said before, is, oh, by the way, you misspelled this, and your grammar's terrible, this and that. It's just, it's so stupid. All right, what sites do you go to that people act this way? Um, uh, like the local newspaper websites. Mm-hmm. And also, like, even the comments on, like, Instagram, and especially um, YouTube videos of, like, comedians. Ah! And it's like, you're, you're just, it's like, it's like, you guys are just wasting your time. And it's just, it starts all over these just stupid, cheap shot, zinger, one-liner stuff. And you, you, uh, it, just, it just drives me crazy. All right, thanks, man. Peace. People just like to be jerks. Well, people are jerks. I don't think they even do it on, you know, like, oh, I'm going to set out to be jerk. Just in their natural goddamn thing. Uh, here's Greg in Scranton. You're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, the, the list, all these categories, they're all the same thing. Whether you're saying fake or make a sandwich or gay, they're all the same guy. You can't subcategorize. Yeah, I think Chris made a mistake by subcategorizing. No, these are all and, specific and, different people. And the other one, the grammar Nazi, is like the fact that people don't know the difference between you are and your, it doesn't make the, the it, you don't have to be brilliant, you don't have to be a grammar genius to understand it's the true. there, there, and there. And I tell you, people have got to stop saying looser. You're a looser. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's one fucking Owen loser, you fucking losers. Uh, Snowy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, you're the man. Yeah. Hey, Pepper, go make a sandwich, would you? Hey, you know what? I'm all man, baby. You can go kiss my ass. You don't think men make sandwiches? <laughs> well, you know, in this in this sense, since on the internet, go make a sandwich is just targeted towards women. Um, But seriously, go make us a sandwich. <laughs> oh, do me another thing. Go get your fucking shine box. I don't have one. You've been away a long time. Maybe you don't know this. <laughs> I don't fucking shine shoes anymore. 
Um, Rami, you're on the Run of Fez show. I think the one internet person that's worse than all of those is the attention whore that constantly complains about something or just says something vague like, fuck my life, it sucks. Nobody cares. Oh, God, I hate that person, too. That's a good one. That's big on Twitter and Facebook. Even on those the people. I, I just want to tell fucking dudes they're still not going to get fucking laid. You know? You know what? No I'm matter, never going to meet anyone. No matter how nice Probably I am. not, dick. <laughs> just sick of being stuck in the friend zone. You know, it's so fucking hard right now because I was so fucking great to this girl. <laughs> and what does she do? She ends up blowing a fucking animal. And I jerk off to the thought of it. You know? It's not fucking right. What has he ever done for her? They turn every all the fucking aspects of their life into the advice show. Chris and Charlotte, you're on the Runafest show. Hey, uh, this one applies to like every single sport. Um, your team hires a brand new coach, and in the very first season, if he's not having fire the coach, he fucking sucks. Fire that motherfucker. He stinks. That's my pet peeve, internet guy. Peace. Um, let's go over to Andy. Andy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Hey, Pepper. Good good subject. Hey, I wanted to... My Present it well. Guy, <laughs> the guy that uh, comments that every black person, everything that they do is tied back to Obama, whether it's the knockout game, Black Friday, uh, huh. Melee, everything. It's all his fault. Well, I think that it's also really fucking funny when people are like, let's say with a knockout game, right? They're like, well, how come you never hear the news reporting on this? And you're like, this is a fucking news site. What are you talking about? This doesn't get talked about. Of course it does. Uh, Andy, Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. All right, uh, Peps, I got a uh, I got a category for you. I actually categorize myself. I call it the family guy. <laughs> I have a perfect example. This fucking idiot, all right? Every day, every morning, every night, I love my life. Here's a picture of my kids. I love my wife. My wife is beautiful. Life is great. I'm killing it at work. I've had two of them on my, on my Facebook page that post that morning, noon, and night. Both of them have gotten cheated on and dumped by their wives. Kicked out of the fucking house, so we got it. The Family Guy. The Family Guy. Chris, did you have the Family Guy down there? Family Guy did not make it. Boy, you fucked up with this list because oh. that Family Guy thing was great. It was, it was okay, but you know, not everywhere. Nick, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, uh, so yeah, I, I watch a lot of like music videos and stuff on YouTube and mainly metal. But the one thing I can't stand is the fucking idiots arguing about what subgenre of music that that particular band needs to fall into. And how it doesn't hold up to their new or their old shit. Yeah, well, nothing great. ever holds up. <laughs> no one ever improves. What's great for the music sites, too, is go to Rolling Stone, and they constantly do the list. 500 songs, 500 guitar players, 500 bass players. There's no such thing as a list that doesn't have such outrage, because how can this work when Tom Petty is ranked higher than... It doesn't matter who. The whole thing goes crazy, though. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, what about the people that respond with first? That made the list. The first guy. That's still around after all these years? Yeah, that's. That, I don't think that's ever, That's never going to go away. I remember first seeing it on the Ain't It Cool News uh, message board. 
early in the comment section there on their on their post. I was like, why are they putting putting post first here? There's like the first like six people at first. But I mean, to me, those are the same kind of people who like to be the first people to walk through snow, or you know, write in cement. They don't care what they're doing. <laughs> they just feel terrific in that at once something was white and then their names in it. That might have been it. At the, that might have been it back in the day when they're in their first. It was really rolling with comment first. section first. Uh, but now it's just ironic. Now people are just being dicks. Well, do you ever write second? Some people do. I like to go around the sites that are like, the threads that are like months old and just write last. <laughs> but the problem is no one sees me do it. That's a shame. <sighs> Internet comment sections are fantastic. And the, all these people... You don't have one opinion in it, uh, of any of this, right? You're just angry about your other stuff, so you're going to punish everybody by sitting there the rest of the day. I'm just pissed. I, okay. I know the troll thing, that's for sure. Okay, thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a fairly newer type of internet commenter. It only applies to video, and if there's a video on the internet that has that's not full screen, that has the two black bars on the side... Uh-huh. They start bitching and complaining. The internet viral video cinematography critic, where they just can't deal with a video not being, not someone not taking a, a video in landscape mode on a phone. Even though the video's still there, you're still watching it, it's fine. It's literally just, you're just being an asshole and thinking it's inconvenient to watch it. Mike, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, my guy is hardcore atheist guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, they preach more than the Christians. Um, but they, I did learn about this flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> but there's also now the guy who always says that the atheist guys are as bad as, what do you call it? That's also become a stock phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Facebook is huge for the atheist stuff, where guys are just like constantly posting, you know, it's like they're family members who love God or really or religious, yeah. And they're just like, come on. This is, and they think they got them when they just they attack someone for saying, you know, thank God for whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. If they see the, they see the word God, they just lose it. And they, they're going to attack mode if they see God or church or anything. If anyone attributes anything to Jesus Christ or God, they lose it. Um, when my dad was going to do the uh, prayer, I kept doing it to the little kids. Oh, God, we got to wait for this. We're starving and all this because they've never seen anyone like do anything that's like anti the prayer in their life. So they're all like, "You're just like, yeah, we do have to wait all the time. It is easier to eat fast, <laughs> just so that later they'll get in trouble with their own parents." Nice. Again, with the prayer, we know. Let's just eat every meal, not pray all the time. Get it, Jesus. People also love to, uh, if they watch something that they don't deem is good on a video, uh, you've wasted my time. So they take more time out of their lives to post saying... Well, I'll give you the hack version of that. This is two minutes and 14 seconds in my life that I'll never get back. Yeah, that's very popular and is, it's, it's to this day. I don't think it's going anywhere. People love posting that. Uh, Ken, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right, so the latest one that ticked me off was the health food conspiracy people. The last one I saw was, don't use your microwave. It destroys all the nutrients in the food, destroying it. it 
was used to heat up uh, blood, and the patient died after that. Oh, annoy me to no end. I, I've, I'm so mad that ever, that kids are now starting just to get their shots, because I was hoping that they wouldn't. <laughs> just gonna give everybody autism anyway, right? Jason, you're on the run of first show. Pepper, you don't. Landscape mode's the future. Unless you're taking a fucking video of a tree, in which case you should just kill yourself. Well, why don't you go kill yourself? That's what it's called when you turn the goddamn phone sideways. Oh, and you're on the run of first show. Hey, why is Pepper Hicks bad mouth and Anthony Acuna so bad? What's that? He's calling him an asshole because Anthony's the first one to say, turn the phone around. And he's calling him a troll because Anthony, when uh, the uh, oh Casey Anthony case was on, that's all he ever did was put stuff on there about how nice she was and how much he liked her. I think he did like her though. No, yeah, that was genuine. I thought I think um, he really did think that she was. And then when he ended up fucking winning that, it was hysterical. <laughs> I mean, Casey oh, Anthony ain't bad looking woman. I don't know. I haven't seen her in a long time. <laughs> I don't know what she looks like now, but these internet photos look great. Rob, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, what's going on? I got one for the list. Yeah. Uh, Self-affirmation fat chick. All right, give me that Chick one. Chicks that are fat, obviously, and all they do is post all these like, oh, those aren't stretch marks, those are tiger stripes, you earn them, and shit like that, just to make it... Oh, what sites are you going to? This is weird. <laughs> Just likes going to see fat chicks. That's a chubby chaser. Then the, uh, one that's uh, come up come up in the last couple of years is TLDR. If someone has a long post on the internet, more say it could be a paragraph. It posts into a comment section. Some jerk will just write TLDR, standing for too long, didn't read. So they make it even by longer. Yeah. Uh, Skipper, you're on the run of first show. Skipper. Gone, buddy. Here's Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Hey. Hey, man, love the show. And uh, Fez, man, wake up. Don't be so pissed. Um, but you know what drives me nuts? Jump in. Like, look, man, I have friends and musicians. They smoke the weed. I don't smoke it myself. Did in college and all that shit, so it doesn't bother me. But when they stop posting all this stuff and saying all this stuff about how weed cures cancer and blah, 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 and it's like, man, it just... Sub, you know, substituting shit, man. You want to get high, get high. You don't need to say it cures cancer to make you feel better. That's how I look at it. I feel the same crazy, exact way. Man. I What's feel that? the same exact way. If you want to get high, get high, but don't fucking act like it's somehow like a helpful thing to your life. No, it, it helps. Your stress is down. It's from the earth going back into you. It's natural. Everything is natural. Everything's from the universe. Even chemicals are natural. That's a weird one. Well, no, we make the we make it. We create it. It's like naturally occurring out of everything that appear that occurs in nature. We make something new out of all the stuff we come in. Yeah, but inside those compounds, there's still natural things. Yeah, but it creates something totally new that didn't exist before. Out of stuff that is natural. When I fucking bake a cake, does that fucking mean it's not the same elements? No, oh, it's that okay. Then those elements were before. Still flour and sugar. Flour and sugar also, by the way, don't come out of the earth. And there's a lot of fucking chemicals used in fucking weed these days, and don't think that there ain't. 
I'm sure if you got some organic person, but you have no idea when you get it. It's all hydroponics these days. And then finally, the zzz guy that doesn't matter what you're saying or what you're looking at on the internet, they're bored by it. They get no enjoyment out of anything on the internet. Or probably in their real life as well. Mm. And they're everywhere. All these commenters. If I would uh, be helpful to you right now, yeah, do not go back and read the commenters to this bit. <laughs> they're not happy. Rorschach says he's gotten hundreds of kill yourselves for his videos, <laughs> and I hope that your family and you die. You also spelled grammar wrong in your fucking grammar Nazi thing. That's ironic. Or um, just sad. A lot of Centaur stuff has come up. Oh, I don't even get that. This guy says he makes better sandwiches than his wife. I would agree that men do make the best sandwiches. Men are the best chefs. Lock it up. Number six says also sometimes is legitimately used, like in the case of this bit that you just did. Oh, please. This is great stuff. Um, here's uh, Joe Boston. Hey, guys. What about uh, post 17 different links to different articles to make his point, guy? <laughs> that guy's out there. I like the guy that'll post a video for you to watch. No. Yeah. Embedded on your Facebook wall. No. You got to check this out. It's going to change everything for you. Hey, it's Coke Logic. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, the, the one thing I really hate is uh, you'll, you'll pop onto a message board or a comment section or something and just ask a really, really simple question. And someone goes, Didn't you use the search? There's already a thread about this. Yeah, I do like that, though. I like to tell people there's already a thread. It's happened. Hey, Coke, uh, uh, I'm just curious if Chris Stanley got in touch with you. You did? Yeah, I did, yeah. I got I got uh, information. I can't imagine you doing something right. I really want to fuck <laughs> I really wanted to catch you. No, I got it right here. Vienna waits for you. I got the thing because from my Citibank, they added a fifth and sixth month. We're already into our six months of sales right now for Billy Joel. I'm telling you, 27 months. That's the magic number. I thought three was the magic number. No. I always thought two was the magic number, but you never know around this place. Um, here's Joe. Joe, you're on the run of fast show. Joe, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, how you doing, Ronnie? Good. Um, what's the deal with Fezzy, man? I've been a listener for a long time, on and off. I'm not going to lie. Originally, ONA, and then because of ONA, I started listening to you guys way back in the AEW days. Fezzy is a great guy. He, I remember him when he was, uh, a lot more talkative, and, and he's just dragging the show down, man. Bro, if you're listening, man, you, you got to chill out. 
Life Joe, be so Joe I'm not fucking bothering you today. I'm not Freddie, coming on not, here, it, you know, if people want to get mad at me because of what I said about I'm Paul Walker or whatever. Fez, I don't give a fuck anymore. Trying. How's that? Fez, it could be so much worse, man. You got to chill out, bro. A friend of mine got diagnosed with MS last night. 40-year-old guy. His life is over. Come on, man. His yeah, life Fez. isn't that bad. Whatever it is you're dealing with, it can't be that bad. I'm just fucking dealing with stuff the way I'm dealing with it. It's not affecting you. I'm sorry about your friend. That's nice. I, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. But Fez, That's nice. you got a good job. You got good friends around. You got a good support group. You got to kind of chill I out. I don't know man. what the support group is around here. I, I don't know what goes on in this company. You got people like Mikey D who's showing up, calling constantly, obviously trying to weasel some plan of theirs in. Right. You have no, I have no idea what's going on around here. Well, listen, I'm not going to lie. I don't know all the details about what's going on. but I You do know as know much thing. as I do, Joe. Right. I know one thing. You're a good guy. And whatever whatever it is, it can't be any worse than being diagnosed with a life, life-ending disease. So, you know, it's the holiday season. Uh, you know, you're a good dude, man. I, I've listened to you guys for a long time. This is real talk. I'm not, I'm not breaking chops. I'm not cursing. I'm not yelling at anybody. you got a great show. And, uh, you know, it, it's... He's not making chops, but he calls in to bring it up while we're talking about something else. We weren't talking, uh, Fred. You weren't talking about anything else. This is the only thing I that got you involved you know, in the show. You let fucking Higgs swing in the fucking breeze with this while he was you, just you, reading. You and, you and Ronnie have great chemistry together. You always had great chemistry together. And it just seems like, you know, I know you're upset over things, and, I, and it's hard. I've gone to work with stresses and, and headaches and problems, too. But, you know... You gotta come back to the old Fezzy, man. We miss you, bro. You, you're a good dude. You're a good dude. You know. I don't know if they want any bro. fucking Fez around here. I don't know what what they want. I thought something was gonna be said last night. I'm not obviously gonna walk into someone's office and say, "Are you firing me?" I'm not no. gonna do that. Of course not. I'm waiting to not. hear but, something. But you know what, Fez? Sometimes attitude makes a big difference. The people see that you're dragging and you're down on yourself, it makes the decisions a lot easier. If you feel, if you're upbeat and, you know, and try to be positive about it, sometimes positive energy goes a long way. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not, I did not call to break your chop. I did not call to belittle you. That's not my style. I just, uh, I'm just concerned. That's all. All right? Thanks. All right, listen, have a good holiday season. You guys are the best. We'll see. All right, take care. Good luck, Fez. He's obviously calling to try, try to cause trouble. Try to cause more stress, more problems in here in the studio, uh, more things for uh, bosses down the office to hear. It's obviously what he wants to do. It's not his style, he just did it. Brian, you're on the run for show. Brian. Hey, buddies. Um, I want to preface this with I'm a Chicago Bears fan. But come football season, the worst person on the Internet is the Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I think the or worst the, person uh, on the Internet is somebody who's a, a fan of any team that you're not. <laughs> they all, everyone just attacks each other. Uh, Kathy in Texas, you're on the Running Fed Show. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. I'm calling because I want to make something clear. Uh, 
the last caller that called regarding Fez, and he was saying, you know, Fez, cheer up, life's not that bad. And he said he had a friend that was 40 years old and was diagnosed with, uh, diagnosed with MS last night. Um, I have MS. It's not a death sentence by any means. It's nothing like that at all. And he was making it sound like this. He even said this guy's life is over. This bull. It's done. Your life is not over. It's over. Wrap it up. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's done. Okay, I just wanted to say, what, what's done? Life. Once you have MS, that's it. No, it's not. Why do you say that? I just don't think you're ever going to get another dude. I don't know. Is, am I wrong about that? Or is it, good, is it a good thing? MS is not a great thing, no. no. But, I mean, it's not the end, it's not the end of your, your life at all. The good part, though. It's the end of the good part. I'm fighting the fight, my friend. It's uh-huh. all I'm saying. It's not a dozen. It's how you view it. So I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm just busting your is. balls a little bit because I'm I'm on your side 100. percent And you were right. I guess the guy's just freaked out that his uh, friend just got this diagnosis. No, I understand, but I mean, my whole, you know, how do you think my husband took it when I had to tell him? You know, I'm diagnosed. I'm 42 years old. I was diagnosed at 41. Well, mm-hmm. you know, my life, yeah, it did change. I'm not a big partier like I used to be. But, but what about weed? You know, I've had to make adjustments. What about oxys? What about oxys? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't take that. A little coke? A little bit of coke? No, I don't take that either. Because it's a couple bumps just to take the edge off. I bet you trips, though. Well, they do. They are trying to do the uh, medicinal marijuana, but uh, <laughs> they yeah. don't have that yet here. You should try Molly. Yeah, I'm doing medicinal Molly. It's good for your brain. See, I heard it's good. I heard it's actually really good for MS, I heard. For, like, you know, if you get sore and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I haven't tried that yet. Are you a big fan of Jerry Lewis? Uh, No, not really. I mean, I'm not. I don't watch much Too bad, because he could help. Oh, my God. You were something else. I am not a Jerry's kid. Too bad. You are something. You, you could be on TV. You, you could be on what? TV. Oh, I, I should be on TV. Trust me. Yeah. I have got the personality for it, my darling. I do. All right. But honey. I just wanted to say, I I think you all are hilarious. I love Fez. Yeah. He just cracked me up. He really does. I just started listening to you guys too. So that's just that's just my little peace of mind. I wanted to spread out there. Okay, honey. Keep fighting the good fight. Beat them. Thank you, darling. Beat the odds. Beat the odds. I love it. I love you guys. All right, bye-bye. She's a million and one shot. There she goes. (laughs) million and one shot. Death's door. Um, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to ask Fez if, if he feels that he's being selfish, that he would get mad that everybody around him wants to change things. Because nothing has changed with him, and they just want to move on. And you know, you get mad at Ron and these guys. I don't understand it because it's you that's that's you know has to make a change for everyone else to feel happy. Do you want them to just sit and be sad all day while they have to do their job? They want to be happy too, you know. I don't think it's selfish to just want to know what's going on in your own place of business. Well, I don't think that's being happening? fucking selfish at all. What else could be really going on? I mean, it's it's been years now. So what do you think? I well, mean, why don't you fucking ask me, Fez? Because I'm the fucking person. All right? No one down the hall. I'm the fucking person. Ask me. 
instead of anybody else. I don't know if I want to keep hearing bitching every fucking day. I'm going nuts with it. I want to fucking do a show about something. You haven't jumped into one goddamn topic. I'm the person you got the fucking beef with. And you fucking talk around me as if I'm not. I'm not talking around you. I'm, talk I'm fucking telling you I don't know what I want to do. And I've been upfront about that. And if the people down the hall want to fucking scramble to offer us each some things to do, then that should be a good thing. But I'm going fucking crazy from the craziness. It doesn't feel right with them scrambling around thinking of stuff because that was always me and you. I... Why would I scramble around to do this with you if you're going to fucking do it with me? You are unhappy. I can't make you happy. Don't blame that on anybody else. If you wanted to do fucking radio again, we would. But are you doing radio today? Are we getting into any of these topics? Or are you just bitching? No one fucking started this but me. I started it. You mention it and then people come crawling out of the woodwork. They don't they get fucking crawling us. out of the woodwork. They're saying, let's look at some options. Mikey D shows up after years. Mikey D has nothing to do with anything. I told you before. But you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi. Turn your radio down, dude. Sorry about that, man. Uh, no, I was just saying that, you know, with Fez's paranoia, he's creating a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, if he feels bad things are going to happen, he's, he's creating this himself in his mind. Do that learn how to change his mindset. Because the more you dwell on it, the more it's just going to keep bringing it to people's attention, things that they might not have thought of. You follow what I mean? I was dwelling on of... it all last night. That's nothing to brag about. It's not your fucking job to dwell on stuff. It's your job to bring up fun topics that we can all talk about. That's your fucking job. When's the last time you brought up a topic or got involved in a topic that wasn't negative and angry? What happened to the fun? It started to drive me crazy. And I don't know if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if something's already been decided that I don't know about. Dude, if there was something to be decided, why would you have been fucking invited to the dinner where we all talked and so was Chris, because this affects Chris's life as well. Why would that happen if it was being fucking sneaky? Because I thought something was going to be said last night, and it wasn't.
I'm going to jump out of this fucking building one day. I'm just going to go to the goddamn window and jump out of the building. That doesn't even make sense. Lorenzo, you're on the Run and Fez show. Uh, all right. Well, after that, I don't know what to say. But, uh, yeah, people are pretty annoying. The guys that uh, do the inspirational quotes all the time, constantly. But you got to look in, man, to see the outside world. All day, every day. Yeah, well, you get those from a lot of women. There's women in my family that would like to send me that stuff. Where, yeah. And sometimes I fucking change them up and <laughs> or come up with the bad stuff and send it back to them. Nikki, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to say, uh, I started listening maybe a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I thought Fez was the, the other guy. I didn't even realize, I mean, Fez does, I guess he hasn't been talking much lately. But, um, so that's worth admitting. But I also want to say, Fez, you're taking a lot of bullshit, man. These guys aren't exactly respecting you. So if you do lose the job, who really gives a shit, man? Just have fun and be confident. It's not my plan to get fired. Look, Fez, this guy's been listening for two weeks. He understands the dynamics. <laughs> I'm Chris, by the way. I'm not the... I'm, you know, you get better figure out how to fucking explain yourself, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you walk around, I'll tell you this, right now, today, you look like the catcher for the show. Because you got a fucking hat on backwards, and you're not in the game. Calling signals. You know you're past 30 where you can get, even get away with that kind of shit. <laughs> Yankee fan, let's show it off. Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I don't even know how to follow that act that you just laid out there, but Fez, you should take Ronnie's advice. The guy loves you to death. It's put up a shut-up, and maybe you guys take a fucking long leave and get yourself well and figure it out, because you used to be funny as fuck. Fuck it, it's really getting tired of listening to it all the time, buddy. I wish you the best. There's not a fucking... The option came up that we could take a fucking sabbatical. A lot of different options came up, which is Fez is acting like negative today. And I'm telling you something. Uh, obviously, I wasn't going to come in and talk about any of them until after we're settled. But the last thing I would do when a vice president from the company says that we like you guys and we want you to feel good about yourselves. And if you need to take time off, six months or whatever, I get it. You've been doing radio a long time. The last thing I would do is come back and shit on that person and disrespect them by acting like something else is being fucking held back. That sounded like he just wanted to get me out the door. And I wasn't going to give in to it. Give in to what? Guess what, dude? This isn't about you, all right? For once, it's not a fucking about you. It's about me. And that's why I didn't fucking go in there and say, I want you to fire Fez. I know you would never do that. But I don't know what other things are operating around here. God damn it. Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, uh, you're just wasting your breath, man. He's, he's not listening to one thing you're saying. No, he's not. He, whatever the expression is, hearing you but not listening, whatever that stupid expression is, 
he's hearing your words, but he's not listening to anything you're actually saying. So you're just you're just wasting your breath by even getting mad or whatever. Uh, I feel bad for you, man. Thanks. Chris, you were at that dinner last night. Not even a meeting. Yeah, it was very a, nice dinner. It was really a great night. Fun night. Yeah, it was really fun. I thought. How could anything negative been taken out of that night? I thought it was a. We were basically there with what I consider the mayor of the Friars Club. <laughs> it was like showing up at a Catholic place with the Pope. We had a blast. Met so many cool people. I mean, it was really just a fun. Fun night. The steak was not overly spicy. It looked good. Honestly. Oh, it was fantastic. How was your lamb? Oh, it was great. I love it. Cooked it perfectly. Mm. Delicious. Um, here is uh, this says South from Long Island. Hey, yeah. the worst people on the internet are thirteen-year-old girls uh, because they're they're just vicious. And they will take something and hold it with a grudge, you know, for days, weeks at a time. Mm. And I'm kind of starting to think that that Fezzi's just holding everything to such a serious, you know, standard. It's a, it's supposed to be a fun show. It's supposed to be a I fun mean, show. It's a serious time. I started listening when I was like 12 years old in the backseat of my dad's car. Can I, 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 can I honestly tell you why I started doing this? Because I did not want to work. That's what I wanted to do. In school, when people would go into school, I would leave and go out and hang out with my fucking friends. And we'd ride around in a fucking car. We'd smoke weed. We'd get fucking beer. And then at fucking 3 o'clock, I would go back to my house, let on to my mama. I was at school and lay down and fucking crash and get myself good and rested so I could go out for that night's partying. That's what I did while everybody else was doing books. And it's what I still prefer to do. What I still would like to do is take the afternoon off and fuck around and have fun. And then fun people come through here and we talk or we laugh or they're interesting or it sounds like we talk. That's what. That's how I want to spend my life. What I don't want to do anymore is act like everything is awful. I just don't know what everything is. Then that's what you need to figure out. I know things were all roses last night at that dinner, but none of that was addressed to me. When you said, Tim's, uh, Tim said, I like you, I saw him looking at you. Not you, plural. I don't. She said use. <sighs> I'm just trying to figure out what everything means around here. Anything that you got to figure out, you got to figure out from me, dude. I told you before the break, I'm tired. I'm not good at making you happy. You don't like to do this fucking show anymore. You don't come in here happy. You don't do your characters. You're not fucking having fun. 
I'm just having trouble having fun while this is weighing on my mind. When's the last time you had fun? I had fun at Chris Stanley's birthday. How long ago was that? So did I. What's your birthday? August 8th. So that's... Four months. Yeah, four months ago you had fun. Because Chris Stanley was drunk and swinging a a knife around. (laughs) Put it like that, it sounds really bad. Um, Jimmy, you're on the run of Fez show. Hello, Mr. Ron Bennington. How are you doing? Good. Hey, uh, when I was a kid, I knew I was had a had a whooping coming. You know, mom get on to me. You're gonna get a whooping when your dad gets on. My ass would literally tingle in the anticipation of that happening. Man, when well, you were jumping Fezzy's ass earlier, I swear to God, I'm in Austin, Texas, and you made my ass tingle. With just the anticipation of that, uh, how you do that, I don't know. But uh, man, I just don't think anybody else should be taking any shit for something that's my fucking decision. And you still don't realize that this is I'm saying this, Fess. I realize it, and then people come uh, start nosing around. Like Mikey D, Tommy Rhodes is coming in tomorrow. I didn't even know that was happening till yesterday. I would yesterday. book a fucking hundred people in here just to have someone to talk to. That's the best fucking part of my day is when I say somebody's coming in right now. It's the best part of my day because somebody's going to answer me back and someone's going to be paying attention to me. That's the best part of my fucking day. There's an old lady in my block. I'd like her to fucking come in and sit down for 30 minutes because she listens and she answers back and we have conversations. She's not in show business, but she has an interest in speaking with people. I'm talking to you now and you're sitting there as if I'm not. Well, usually I hear who's coming in on the show. I know Ed Burns is coming in. I knew that. This one I never heard Chris bring up. Robert, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Rob. Um, Fez is clearly a narcissist. I mean, he everything, no matter what, it comes back to him and his demented view on how things are happening. What you don't realize, Fez, is that we've all been listening for a long time. When you were funny and doing your thing, it was awesome. And then when this spiral started to happen, they even stuck around and tried to adapt the show around to that, you know, that aspect of your life and make kind of funny bits. And even when that doesn't work, you still don't understand that at the end of the day, your friend that brought you on board isn't happy anymore. Something's going on. And you can give a fuck less about that. You just blame everybody else. How do you know what I give a fuck about? I listen to you every day. I listen, I listen to you guys forever. You listen to me for four hours a day. You're not around me the other 20. You're not inside my fucking head, asshole. What you bring to the show is how we know you. And that person, that's what I'm Well, guess what? Call. You don't know shit. You don't know shit about me. Of course I give a fuck about what Ron feels. Then why don't you listen to him? Why aren't you listening to him right now, what he is saying? That's clearly what he's saying to you. I am listening to him. And then, and then we also listen to assholes like you who try to come in between us. After we've been working together all these years. We're just pointing out the obvious. 
We're not. Nobody's trying to get well, you. Well, then guess what? We don't need your state. fucking obvious call. You brought it up on the radio. It got brought up on the radio. It's a talk radio show. He's right about that. You chose to call in, dick. I wouldn't have brought up any of these topics. We were going in a completely different area, which we do every day until we find out something that's bothering you. And if I change the subject now, you will stop talking. And I'm saying that because that happens every day. Unless this thing is treated like therapy for you, you don't want any part of it. Where's your fucking characters? Where's the nature boy? Where's the fezzatorial? Where's all those things that, that you used to want to do? You're not doing them. And I said this before the Thanksgiving break. I told the bosses then. Eric, you're on the run of Fez show. All right, let's go over to Alan Sacramento. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I, I just was calling to, to tell Fez, don't worry about the corporate guys down the hall. Talk to you, and then you beat me to it. So I, this, this is the Fez. Listen, man, you're in a corporate environment, but you're yeah. in a personal relationship with Ron, and that's the most important thing. Don't worry about what they're doing down the hall. Worry what Ron needs from you, Fez, and that will cure anything going on down the hall. Don't get them involved. Get Ron involved. You kind of beat me to it, Ron. I'm not trying to step on you. I just that's, that's the problem. It's not the corporate guys down the hall shuffling around. It's you shuffling around. That's the problem. Name I, another job that you that that you could have acted like this. Name another one. I can't. If we worked in the fucking post office, but you wouldn't fucking fucking wait on people. There were days that you could fucking would send packages off to crazy places. <laughs> There's no other fucking job, and yet you sit here pissed at those guys. Well, you told me that you hadn't made up your mind yet on what you want to do. I and then I know that they're talking to you. So how can I not be paranoid about what they're saying? I, I don't see where it's so fucking outrageous. These callers are coming after me. No one's coming after you. I, I don't we see We were talking so about insane. other things. Dan, you're on the run of first show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Ron, I've been a fan of yours for many years. I remember 20 years ago when I lived in Tampa, going with friends to uh, Hooters at 5 in the morning to listen to you. It was a uh, great time. Uh, you go into O&A and you own the show. You got your unmasked. You're doing radio gold. But I'm telling you, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if Fezzy leaves. If something happens, who the hell is going to hawk Mama Mancini meatballs? I mean, that's why everybody's tuning in every day. Isn't that right, Fezzy? I haven't brought up meatballs. You're sadly mistaken. Well, let's talk about blueberries. Fuck you.
Freeze up talking about blueberries one fucking time. It's all it's everyone's fucking Bible now. I can't help but laugh at that though. I can't help laugh. Everyone carries it around like it's holy scripture. Fuck all of you. I'm sorry. I have to laugh at that fucking statement. I do. And I fucking shouldn't and I realize it's like a funeral laugh, but that was fucking hysterical and you didn't even mean it to me. No. Just don't put that on because it's just gonna drive him nuts. Well that was the animal beards one. But what did you just say? You lock up talking about blueberries one time and everyone carries it around with them? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Sorry. Like it's the Constitution. Put it behind glass so nothing ever fucking happens to it. Send it over to the radio and TV museum. Yeah, and they have a dead air section. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. Fezzy, Pepper, I want you to get a VHS recorder, and I want you to watch something called Pup Friction. <laughs> this video changed my life. And I have to say, Ron, listening to you, and now I'm like a grown man, much fatter than I was when I was listening to the, watching that video. You guys killed, absolutely killed. I took it around and showed it to anyone that would watch and said, you have you have got to hear these guys. But this has been a slow train wreck. And some days, Ron, I'm like, oh, are you being passive-aggressive? But today, seeing behind the curtain, says, I, I'm not sure it, it can be fixed because you, you're battling something that doesn't belong on radio because it's it's painful and it's real to you. And I know you're, you're It's hurt. all real. Of course it is. And I know the miles between you guys, but as listeners that have been on this journey with you guys, the idea of Ron's voice, Pepper, no offense, your character comes and goes. Uh, the Ron and Fez dynamic uh, is strong, and I think it, it is strong enough to carry you guys through what is obviously painful for Ron. He's, he's doing a one-man radio show, uh, and it's painful. And I think... The listeners, we love you guys. I think we look back at the dynamic duo that was Ron and Ron and then Ron and Fez, and that is that is ingrained DNA and it's powerful. But we're at a we're at a crossroads as listeners, and the minute Ron breaks the third wall, it's time to listen, Fez, and it's time for you to to get healthy and not not live in fear of what will happen if you're not on the radio because i got news man you're not on the radio you're you're i think ron has been been as honest a human being as i've ever heard and i'm gonna let you go but no you guys are loved and you're badasses of radio i'm gonna fucking tell you something that i know in my heart that if i said to fez we're going to leave radio and will go to a lawn care business, he wouldn't think twice about it. It would be the Ron and Fez lawn care business. And he would rather do that than do radio separately. And rather than, be, rather than saying that like it's a great thing, because that kind of loyalty is great, it's also more than I feel like I can carry right now. It doesn't make sense to me. 
It makes sense to me. Well, that's insane. This isn't what people do in jobs. If you listen to all kinds of people out there, they've worked at different jobs, but you never show up to a job saying, uh, I want to be a pipe fitter. Will you hire me and my friend? You know what I mean? Like, this is a company. This isn't the the Ron and Fez business. You know what I mean? We are both hired by this company. Um... East and uh, Rob, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, um, the old Fez, there's an HBO show, a new sitcom called Jamay, J-A apostrophe M-I-E. I watched it. It's exactly Fez before he went into whatever became, to, became uh, whatever happened to him. But um, my second point was going to be, I remember two years Do ago. Do you know I, that, Fez? No, this guy, this fucking kid... Is 39 years old, and he's basically doing the old Fez character, and it's fucking killing. And you are not doing it. You're sitting there now today, angry and yelling and mad or whatever. Instead of, what if you would have come in here and just been funny and been fun and... Then you would have people saying to me, I don't give a fuck what you do, but don't let that dude out of your fucking life. Because that guy is the fucking shit. And that's when I did like doing this show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's when no one could have made me think such stuff. Because you used to come in here like a fucking buzzsaw. But it doesn't occur to you anymore. It doesn't occur to you to think, I'm going to go in there and dominate that shit. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. I mean, today I don't know if I'm walking into a trap or not. I didn't I'm know not if there was going to plastic today. paper on, on the floor at that restaurant. There's no such thing as plastic paper. I'm not talking about today, a week ago, a year ago. And this is the same thing. It's just something for you to be upset about. Uh, Peter, you're on the Run of Fez show. Lost you, buddy. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, was that me? Yeah. Hey, but uh, Fez, I'm not here to call and judge you or anything. But there are some things that a lot of people have in common. I think uh, it might be you might be paying too much attention to your own thoughts. So, like, if you wanted to try something that's helped me tremendously, is uh, for two to five seconds a day, just random times throughout the day, you just kind of let everything go. You let all your thoughts go. You let all this like all the things, all these, all the things that you're holding on to. You just you just let them. The advice out. show. And uh, I don't know if I'm still on. I don't know what just happened. You're still on, dude. We just okay, let go of everything for five seconds. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, I, the idea is to just experience this I just moment, did it. Right? I right just now. spent the last five seconds that way, and I feel fantastic. <laughs> just, I mean, it a lot, man. Chris, why don't you just take five seconds off? Okay. All right? Yeah. It's easy. It's simple. It works. 
I feel great. All right, hold on. I was there, and then he fucked me up because he started talking. I was just... I was <laughs> oh, almost there. We can do it. All right. For just five seconds. No, just five seconds. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't quite go. I started to, you know, it felt like... I was on a plane taking off, and I was about to head to, and then the plane had to turn around and come back. Like there was some kind of, you know. It's actually a bad feeling now when you think. Well, about I don't know. There was some difficulty with the engines. <laughs> you know, I'm getting kind of nervous. It's five second things. Weird. Um. Well, hey, Josh. Yeah. How's it going? Good. Man. Um. Before I give my comment, I got one quick question for Pepper. Um. Hey. You you do uh, shrooms at all? And if you do, do you I, like the small caps or the big caps better? Uh, I like um, well, I like like the like small blue caps. Those are always fun. All right, I just I, I tried them both. I seem to like the big ones better. All right, okay. but I just want to let you guys know that I am canceling my account. I can't take it anymore. I like the I like laugh funny. I, love, I don't like being sad. I okay, can't take it. good. Go enjoy some big caps. So if I can make you all laugh. Right. Big back caps. Don't forget the stems. I got. I got to take a break. Yeah. Um, Ed Burns is showing up uh, in a little bit. Maybe we'll let him decide. We've never gotten around to even doing our business. We haven't fucking given out the prize from yesterday. Which, by the way, I'm not busting balls, Fez. But isn't that something every day that you said you'll keep in touch with? Yeah. And yet you let hours go by without saying we never gave out the prize. I don't know whether you saw that other toenail bit. Did we put that up yet? Another celebrity collects uh, toenails. It showed up on the Conan show. That's so creepy. I got a break, though, right? Yeah, we, we have to break. We'll come back and give this out. Uh, it's the Ron and Fez show. More Ron and Fez. What if Mrs. Fields herself offered to set up a shop in your kitchen, not to only make all the cookies and treats you could possibly imagine, but then also offered to wrap them up and carefully place them in amazing gift packages, then hand deliver, uh, deliver them to all your friends, family, and clients? Would you be interested? Well, of course you would. Well, MrsFields.com essentially offers this exact same service. It's... Uh, with a few less amazing aromas filling your house, but still, you get the point. At MrsFields.com, you can shop the world's best cookies and treats, all baked to perfection, sealed fresh, and shipped directly to you or your gift recipients. Packaged in beautiful gift baskets or festive holiday tins and boxes, Mrs. Fields' gift is the perfect gift for anyone on your list. These gifts can also be personalized with a message, a logo, or even a photo. So visit MrsFields.com today and ship the world's best cookies and gifts. Enter code KITCHEN, that's code KITCHEN, at checkout and save 20% off your order. Again, that's the code word KITCHEN and save 20% from MrsFields.com or call 1-800-COOKIES, 1-800-COOKIES for more information.
That's the uh, great Tom Waits, uh, Artist of the Day, on the Rana Fest show. It seems to be a, uh, a perfect one. Um, um, you know, uh, that was, the, by the way, this was the strangest commercial break I've ever had in my life. I'm not going to lie to you about that. Um, hey, uh, Clarence. Clarence, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, hi, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, that was the finest damn cookie head I ever heard. I don't ever want to eat them shit. Oh, no, it's very, very delicious. It's a fine cookie. And um, here's uh, Bruce. Bruce, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, sound great. Thanks. Um, it took me a while to get a hold of you or 
to actually like listening to you guys. I don't know. It was just not I'm my the thing. same way. But I got to where I was really enjoying listening to you guys. Besides just that point, I don't know if it's a bit. I don't know if he's gone mental. It's it's ridiculous. Listen to the next commercial. I literally just wanted to smash my radio. Oh, that's he's got nice. to figure something out. I don't know if uh, this is the best place for him to be anymore. I'm sorry, I was just getting emotional during the... Yeah, we were all aware of that, and you were emotional during the entire time. I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> Please, Ronnie, don't change all anything. Right. don't Please. even... I'm just asking you. It's been a long time, and I'm just saying, Ronnie, do not do this. Don't let them do this to us. Fez, don't do it, Ron. Fez, can I just say something to you? I literally... Don't let them change this. I prefer angry Fez to this. Don't do it. I'm just... I. I, I don't know how else to put it out there, about, but don't do it. Can I just ask you to do something? Have some respect for yourself, dude, and for us. Instead of this. <laughs> this is what everybody wants. Nobody don't wants let them do it. Nobody wants any of this. Don't let them. <laughs> John, you're on the run of Fez show. John, don't have you, buddy. Um, Dave, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, you remember the Afro show, yeah? Yeah. And so me and my buddy, this was about five or six years ago, we, we were both in 100% agreement that when it came to that show, the funniest guys were Ron, Anthony, Fez, Opie, then Pearl. Now, we're in agreement that the funniest guys are Ron, Opie, Anthony, Fez, Pearl. That's great. Appreciate it. Uh, what does that mean? It's the same thing. And Pearl the, was never in an Afro show. I don't know who the we is also with this committee he's got together. Um... I honestly, I feel terrible, obviously. Uh, we have all these funny things that people wrote up on the thing about the toenail bit yesterday, but I think it would be crazy to read them off now. Pretty funny, though. I know, they're hysterical, but the... Bill, you're, uh, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hi, Ron. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say it's admirable, and your loyalty to Fez is, is more admirable than anything, but uh, I think you're doing the right thing, and the worst thing you can do, I mean, you can't, you know, you're beating a, you know, you're beating a dead horse, but maybe you should just take him outside, give him a rabbit, and promise him his rabbit farm. 
You know, I know it's like a joke to everybody, but it's not like I'm not concerned about this. Um, here's Larry. You're on the Manifest Show. Hey, Ron. Um, this is the only second time I've called. The first time I called was in 2003 when my son went off to the initial invasion of Iraq, and he became injured, and I called and spent about a half hour on the phone with you and Fezzi, and it was compassionate, warm, and intelligent, and it really made a difference in my life, and I have enjoyed part of your show since that time. But I'm incredibly sad today because I have seen the end of the Ron and Fez show, I think, today, and, and you spelled it out, and, and it's just not getting through, and, and it's sad to me. And thank you for everything you've done. I don't want to see it end. That's why I'm telling Ron, don't do it. I don't know what's happening down the hallway, so don't... I don't know what decision's coming up, so don't, please, don't do this. Todd, you're on the run of the show. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, I just think that, like, you guys have known each other for so long, and if there was a, a good chance of Fed staying on the show and improving and everything, you didn't handle it the right way, because y'all were being so mean to him, and he's so sensitive. And it's just going to make it worse and worse, and then it's even harder for him to get out of that tunnel because he's feeling bad and everything. And you're just making it. I mean, like he may have had a comeback. He, who knows? You know. But you guys are making it real hard to do that for him. You're not saying the right stuff. What would be the right stuff to say, Todd? Tell me the truth. I, I mean, you got to be more empathetic towards him. He, he holds this really personally. It's not just business for him. It's been like ten years. It's like a relationship with you it's so much sentimentality fez is that type of dude and you just have to approach it that way you guys are being so stone cold on this guy he's like a gentle flower i am going to say the truth to you you for you this is a radio show you're not around the other 20 fucking hours a day i don't know if i'm the best thing that could happen to fez Seriously, I just may not be a, a good influence on him or whatever it happens to be. You, I say you are. You're the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. You're the only reason I was able to do things like come out or move to New York City. Can, because I... Be, Fez. Fez. I never would have been able to do any of that. I, first of all, A, that's not fucking right. And uh, on the other hand, that's too much pressure to put on another dude. You know what I mean? Just to, for, for one dude to say to another, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. We just don't do that kind of shit. It's how I, I feel. Well, again, just because you feel something doesn't make it a good thing. You know? You normally feel like the elevator's going to crash. And it doesn't. And quite obviously, th where this should have come up was last night. I don't know why you've... You know, I don't... Whatever. Keith, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I've, I've been uh, listening to you guys for about six years. 
And uh, back in you know, other days, whenever Davey Mack was there, whenever he left, it seemed like, you know, back whenever Dave was there, Fez was still in his element. And then whenever Davey Mack left, the show lost a little bit, and then Fez seemed to sort of fade. But I, I called to give uh, um, Chris Daly some props. I mean, like he, was, he was hired to be a producer. But, you know, whenever Fez stopped talking, he stepped up, helped take the mic, and uh, became part of the show. And without him, I, I mean... You know, you would have been solo, so I just want to give a shout-out to, to Chris Stanley. Yeah, right, I mean, there's definitely some of that, and there's also fucking Chris just ripping the mic out of Fez's hand and keeping him from getting better. I'm a young guy coming up in this I thing. I, I'm only right? saying that because it's literally what happens when you know Fez. People will give you too much praise for how you treat them or too much blame. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no one ever says to me, Oh, you're good to Chris, or you're really hard on Chris. You know what I mean? No one ever says that. No yeah. one ever was to say to Anthony, by the way, you're really good to Opie, or you're hard on Jim. No one else has to live in this weirdness. It doesn't exist in anyone else's life. It's very unique. I think, uh, I know we got Ed Norton. I don't want to, I mean, not Ed Norton. See what I'm fucking doing here? We got Ed Burns. Burns. The great Ed Burns. Just a bunch of Ed Norton fans. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. They're going to talk about Fight Club. What about fucking perfect? This is Eddie Burns' uh, show, Mob City. It's terrific, though. It is, uh, Uh, coming on, um, is it tonight? Tonight, yeah. Tonight. Wednesday, uh, December 4th, 9 o'clock, 8 Central. Uh, Brandon, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez, uh, who are you picking to make the Super Bowl? I got Seattle, New England. Well, that's really going out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got the dark horse. The New England Patriots, led by this guy, Tom Brady. He's a workmanlike quarterback. Um, Charlie, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, Ron, I just want to know, if, in the back of your head or anywhere in your head, do you think money is any motivation for this, this shit that's going on with him crying, begging you to stay, when you're giving him the options of what he can do to change and you've been doing that for months money's never been in that thing yeah. for fess ever he's not motivated by money one way or another so it's he's true. just motivated because he just wants to be with you but you you're you're giving him opportunities and you're telling him this is what you got to do if you want to keep this going on this is what you got to do and he's just not doing it but he just wants you to keep it together just uh it just it baffles me it absolutely baffles me No, I'm not doing it for money. But you also didn't come in and do, a, you know, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to change and I'm going to go back to doing the kind of stuff that you had already told me that you wanted to do at the very same exact way. Um, 
Here's Dan. Dan, you're on the run of Fed show. Yeah, as I was just saying, this is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, he could have come in and just talked or sat around and... Uh, yes, that's been said before, all right? I fucking get it. It's been said a million times. Thank you for repeating what every other fucking caller has said. I appreciate it. Good work. Real originality there. I'm saying, Ron, don't do this. Don't, don't do it, man. All right. Um, that's what I'm saying. And I'm putting it out there. Don't I don't know what the plan is down the hall. Don't, don't keep do it. That. Um don't change this. It's been too long. Don't fucking change it now. I don't want it to change. Uh, Steve, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, Fez, uh, I've been listening to the show for a long time. Um, I, since you first started on XM, and uh, I hate to say it, but uh, I think that, you know, you just can't help yourself. It's like you, your, your life, the decisions you make in your life, from what I ever hear on the radio, you have a hard time making them on your own. And that just appears to me from listening Thank to you, somebody. amateur psychiatrist. Appreciate it. Fuck off. People don't know what's in my fucking head. Nope, we don't. We don't, Fuzz. Um, Mark, you're on the run of Fuzz show. Hey, how's it going, Ronnie? Yeah. I was just uh, thinking maybe now would be a good time to tell everyone about that Christmas present Fuzz got you. You know what? That's the most uncomfortable thing that you could say to me right now. Please. But right, if I fucking told you, okay, you would yeah. get this weirdness even more. Hey, I'm, if, I'm ready for it, man. And, no. I cannot do it. I can't say it. Chris Stanley doesn't know. No one knows but bad. me and Fez. But this, that Christmas present thing ties in d directly with this. Conversation. Uh, we got a break. Uh, I'm going to be back with Ed Burns. It's the Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show. Ever uh, worry about missing your favorite TV show because your DVR is full? Most DVRs don't give you the space that you need. But luckily, you can get the hopper from Dish with enough DVR storage to record and save all your favorites. The Hopper lets you store up to 2,000 hours of shows, movies, sports, and more. So there's no need to worry about what to delete. You can keep it all. And get this, when you enable the Hopper's Auto Hop feature, you can watch primetime network recording commercial free. Unlike the other DVRs, there's no fast forwarding required, and you can spend time watching your shows without those annoying interruptions. Call 1-800-WATCH-TV today to get all the DVR storage space you could ever need. And interruption-free entertainment, only with the Hopper from Dish. That's 1-800-WATCH-TV. 1-800-WATCH-TV.
Ed Burns in studio with us. Mob City premieres Wednesday, December 4th, 9 o'clock, uh, 8 o'clock Central on TNT. Um, I saw the first two episodes. This is a big, big series, man. Big show. Big show. Not doesn't feel like TV. Feels doesn't, like a movie. Isn't it weird to think that this is the TNT is making moves like this? You know, I know the guys at TNT, and they looked at FX, AMC, so uh-huh. the kind of programming they were doing. TNT is very successful with the stuff they have, and they're like, you know what? Why why don't we get into that business as well? And I know uh, Frank Darabont, who created the show, said by far. The best experience he's had, you know, he, like filmmaker-friendly environment. It's weird. Well, Frank's had some bad ones too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, at other places. But it's so weird. I was just reading uh, Harvey Weinstein the other day. Looks like he's moving so much stuff into television that uh, so many filmmakers are deciding that's the way to go. Uh, I was at a Fourth uh, of July party this summer. And there's a bunch of folks in there, like 30s and 40s, 50s, hanging out. And over the course of the party, you know, four hours, people are talking only about television. They're talking about Mad Men. They're talking about Homeland. They're talking about girls, whatever it is. Fourth of July weekend, nobody mentions a movie. Right. That's a big movie weekend. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, well, there's the writing on the wall. You know, you know, the blockbusters work. And I just saw the Hunger Games sequel with my with my daughter. It's a blast. It's mm-hmm. fun. But that's one form of entertainment. I think what you look at, what The Sopranos ushered in, was a different type of storytelling. And I think the fact that he was given creative control to actually do some real character work, tell some stories that were a little bit outside the box, um, and you look at all the shows that have followed, you know, they're just better than what we get in the theaters. Well, you know, and the networks never used to give creative control to people, and yeah. that's why it never came up. I mean, they kept a, a tight fist. They worried about advertising. It's been the cable folks that started to say, and I could see what HBO did it, but I get very surprised when the other channels yeah. did it. Uh, and this, like I said, I saw two and wished three was on. Yeah. That's the different experience now, that you say to yourself, well, where's the next one? Yeah. Am I waiting a week? Uh, and this is a, a, a big show, and you play, you know, you get to play the gangster. That's yeah. got to be a lot of fun for you. I, you know, never gotten to play the bad guy before. Mm-hmm. So when you get the phone call, all right, Frank Darabont's doing a show that's kind of an homage to film noir, and he wants you to play Bugsy Siegel, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm in. Done. And then I get the scripts. And I mean, you know, the guy's just a master storyteller, great dialogue. And, you know, this version of Bugsy, as Frank said, it's like, you have to be larger than life here. Like, come into every room, dominate it. You can't go too big with this guy. Um, and I don't get to play those guys. You know, right. I play like the dude from Long Island who's <laughs> having a couple of beers and BSing about the girls. Right. Um, so it was a blast for me. So that's just fun for you to say this, and plus not to be directing it, not to worry about anything besides your character. Fairly rare that you get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I, I really don't. And, you know, when I go and act for other people, you know, I've had some great opportunities like Private Ryan. Yeah. And I've had, quite honestly, a lot of others where it's, you know, it's a job or a paycheck. And mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you're going to play the cop again in that movie. All right. You know, I got a mortgage to deal with. You take yeah. the gig. This one was a different deal. I mean, this, because this, 
reminded me of why I wanted to be an actor in the first place. Yeah. You know, like when you're a kid and you're thinking about it, uh, you know, I grew up watching, you know, Pacino and Dog Day, De Niro and Taxi Driver, Nicholson and Chinatown. Sure. Like, those are the kind of parts you hope that one day you'd get to play. And I've, you know, other than maybe the guy in Private Ryan, I've never gotten to do something really... Uh, you know, that had that kind of gravitas. Well, this th this is kind of cool, too, because it even goes back to that generation of gangsters before that, the Cagneys, the Bogarts, because that was that really strange period that for some reason we remember as innocent, you know, the 50s being innocent. But the cops in L.A. It was like the most crooked thing that's ever happened in history. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's a great it's a great place for storytelling. Well, Frank, uh, his idea was there's a, a book, a, a nonfiction book called L.A. Noir, mm -hmm. which inspired the show. So what he did was he took some of the real life stories from there. You know, guys like Bugsy and Mickey Cohen, who are the L.A. gangsters, and then there's the guy uh, Parker, who is the the police chief of the L.A.P.D., um, who you know took down the mob or tried to take down the mob, but right. also had to deal with that very corrupt L.A.P.D. And tried to clean that up. So he takes these sort of real life folks and then introduces some fictional characters into the piece so he could have the creative license to do some of the other stuff that's fun in the show. So this is wide open to do a show. Unfortunately for you, your character we know has an end. Yeah. So you have no idea where this comes in the show? Don't, don't know what what the plans are moving forward. Right. Um, you know, we did six episodes this season. Um, uh, they fully expect to go a full season next year. Uh, however, I do know, um, you know, I'm talking about the creative freedom. I'm on set, and I'm watching Frank, and he's directing us, and he's behind the monitors. And I've never seen this on any movie set, let alone a, a television set. There's nobody behind him. There's no suits. Nobody's offering notes. Nobody's saying, oh, on the next take, could you have him do this? Or I don't like her clothes, or I don't like this, or I don't like that. Total creative control. I was like, man, this is this is filmmaker friendly. This is mm -hmm. I, I want to do this, and I then uh, I hit it off with the folks at TNT. And when after the show wraps, um, I'm talking to the guy Michael Wright who runs the network, and he says, you know, would you ever think about doing a show for us? I said, you know, I wrote a script about 17 years ago about a bunch of cops in New York in the 60s and 70s, and we couldn't get the film made. And I said, you know, I always thought that would be make a show. He goes, we'd make that show. I said, really? I said, all right, well, let me go pull out the script and see if I can rework it as a television show. I mean, a long story short, in February, I started shooting a pilot for TNT wow. called Public Morals here in New York about a bunch of cops in the, New Yorks, in the 1960s. Wow, the 1960s New York, 70s New York, so insane. Yeah. So many uh, stories for that. And this is something... Do, have you ever had the experience of, oh, let me go back and grab an old script? And normally, once it doesn't sell, that's the end of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I really haven't. You know, you have those scripts on the shelf that are mm -hmm. the dream projects that you hope one day. And this one really was. I mean, this it was called On the Job. It was a multi-generational look at a big Irish-American family. You know, my, I yeah. came from a big cop family here in New York. Um and it was a look at a, a, a rookie who went on in 66 all the way through 73. That was the journey he was on. Kind of like a Goodfellas-esque kind right. of big epic story like that. And it was the dream project. And I always said, you know, if I ever have the movie that really scores, the next one will be on the job. 
Uh, fortunately, you know, when you look at back to what's happening on television, the budgets are there where you can go and recreate New York in the 1960s. Um, and now instead of having to, having to tell that story in two hours, potentially I have, you know, six seasons worth of stories. It's wild, man. Yeah. That is crazy. You've never really tried that before, though, of, of telling a, a long-term no, story. No, But, you know, it's one of those things where... Um, uh, I probably have, you know, two other scripts and three or four other, you know, like the fleshed out ideas where oh, one day I got to make a movie about this, about aspects of what it was like to either grow up in a cop family mm-hmm. or other cop stories that looked at, you know, the different uh, precincts or divisions that my dad worked in or my cousins worked in or some of my childhood buddies became cops. So I've got like, you know, if anything, and I've always been a cop buff. I mean, anytime I can get my hands on like a memoir that was written by a cop, yeah, I've always just read up on that stuff. So if ever there was a subject matter where I felt like, all right, I got a lot of stories to pull from, mm-hmm. it would be that world. What part of town do you think you would be shooting it, you know? So the, the show looks at this division called Public Morals, which uh, doesn't exist anymore. But back in the day, they basically were in charge of prostitution, gambling, and after-hours joints. Um, and the major difference was back then... Uh, you know, New York still had Manhattan, still had working class neighborhoods, and the cops who actually policed the city lived in the city. So in this division, we got, you know, the, the Irish guy from Hell's Kitchen who's still living in Hell's Kitchen. You know, uh, you got the Italian uh, cop who grew up down in the uh, in the village and knows all the Italian wise guys. Uh, in Little Italy. You got the German guy who lived in Yorkville up on 92nd and 1st when that was still a German neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You got, um, you know, the the Jewish cop who's from the Lower East Side. So big part is to paint a picture of Manhattan that is long since gone when yeah. you still had those neighborhoods that were, you know, it's still residential, but yeah. they're not neighborhoods anymore. No, you're exactly right. And I got... Uh, old guys in my neighborhood that I'm friends with that grew up there and would say to me, if you lived on 66, you couldn't go through 67th without checking. And I'm like, one block over? They go, yeah, because it would be like one block Irish, one block German. Then the Italians would come in. And it was so accepted as being normal. You know, it was so accepted. And they would go back to that in a heartbeat. You know, just the way the people felt about each other. The other thing that was interesting is, you know, back then, you know, the cops, neighborhood guys, you know, when you went to your local bar on the corner, you know, you would be hanging out and having a beer with the guys you grew up with. Mm -hmm. You know, half of them, let's say, became cops and firemen. The other half became, you know, some form of uh, (laughs) somebody getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, So the show will play with those kind of relationships. Now, when you look back at that, those cops, too, they had to know they were never going to clean up the city. I mean, at most, they were trying to hold it somewhat. Yeah. You know, I think that was sort of uh, there's a line in the script where we were just trying to manage it. Yeah, you know, and my dad told me a great story when the show got picked up. Um, he goes, All right, "You have to recreate a scene that I that I remember like it was yesterday." He goes, "I want you to picture what it's like on a Friday night in Manhattan. You know, let's say you're in Times Square. Think about the crowds. Now substitute the people who are there today with you know." is 1971 because you know 
the streets are packed with street walkers. All right, like most of the people on the street are up to no good. You know, you got your three-card Monty games going on. You got pickpockets going on. You got just assorted hustlers going on. You got the pimps, the hookers, and then all the Johns. He goes, the city was madness. Everybody was breaking the law in some way. Um, And he goes... You just have to try and try and recreate that if you can. Here's the thing I wonder. Where did all those people go? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what happened to them? Are they all in jail now? Did they move into the suburbs and become regular people? You know? I, I, I bet a, a bit of that. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was a, you know, that post-World War II city was a, you know, it was a different town you know i mean you had guys coming home from the war maybe it was uh fewer people were going to college much grittier working class place yeah um there were still those kind of there were still blue collar jobs factory jobs in manhattan in those days uh yeah my my dad tells a story like we our family was a hell's kitchen family and uh we had a trucking business uh on 11th and 47th Mm. um that's gone yeah. yeah. Oh, any, yeah, anything. I mean, just think of how many times that you're in, you're looking at artwork, but people worked in that building. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For a hundred yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is going to be so cool. And the the beauty of it is you, you're not going to give up your independent film. Career, no, right? I'm, I'm working right now on this. I have to put it down, but mm-hmm. uh, I was working on a sequel, actually, to Brothers McMullen. Right. 20th anniversary is coming up, wanted to do a sequel. About halfway through the writing of it, I was working in these flashbacks, and I realized I was having more fun with the flashbacks. So I decided to write the prequel, and it takes place in 1984, 10 years before McMullen, and uh, the youngest kid is in 8th grade at a Catholic grammar school. My character is a senior in high school, and the oldest brother is a senior in college. And I've always wanted to do... Uh, a coming-of-age story about a kid in a Catholic grammar school on Long Island dealing with the crazy nuns and just yeah. what it was, what that experience was like. And then I also wanted to do like an American Graffiti High School movie. So this kind of satisfies, uh, within one script, I can do three coming-of-age stories. It's so strange, too, how people don't remember a neighborhood filled with nuns. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But when you were a kid, you would see nuns as much as you would see anybody else, yeah. and far more than you would see priests. For yeah. some reason, they make a ton of movies about priests, but that guy you would only run into if you were in trouble yeah, or yeah. somebody died. But a nun was around every day. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Richard Linkletter was in here the other day, and he's done the Before trilogy, and it's weird how that, those things kind of make more sense when you do, like, a family or relationship trilogies, more than if you're trying to do, I don't know, Die Hard or something, Mm. because crazy things have to keep happening in those movies. But in these movies, the characters do move on, they live. Uh, it was funny. Uh, the Link Letter, uh, that series, yeah. and also when I saw um, Kevin Smith did his, a sequel to Clerks. Yeah. I was like, huh, people doing sequels to the little indies we came up with. Yeah. That's actually kind of a cool idea. And that was, quite honestly, the inspiration to do the McMullen. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the like we said, the thing is, you know these guys, and it's just a matter of going to 
any place in that timeline. Nothing spectacularly strange has to happen to them. Yeah. You know? You just got to chart where they are now. Yeah. Or where they were then. Would you have charted in your life uh, ending up doing the kind of stuff that you're doing? I mean, how weird is this? Crazy. Crazy. Never. You know, I mean... um, Growing up where I grew up, you know, we didn't know any writers, didn't know yeah. anybody in the business. You know, everyone was, you know, mostly working class folk. You know, it was like no one ever aspired to. You didn't even know that that was an option. Sure. It wasn't until I went to college um, where I thought, and my dad always, he, one, I, I wrote something in high school that was pretty good. And I got a little attention for it. Short story. And he's the one who sort of said, hey, you know what? You, you actually are a pretty good writer. You should think about pursuing that. So when I went to school, I went thinking, all right, I'll be an English major. Maybe I'll be a novelist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, all right, if that doesn't work out, I'll be a sports writer or something like that. And I wasn't doing well at school. But if you were an English major, you could become a film studies minor. And that changed my life. I sat in that first class. I saw Billy Wilder's The Apartment. And I was like, you know, I went to the movies on a Friday night with my buddies, but I wasn't a movie buff. And I sat there and I saw that and I said, whoa, man, who wrote that? And the professor explains to me who Billy Wilder is. And then I was like, well, shit, man, that's what I want to write. I want to write novels. And that was it. Then I took every film class they had. Left that school, came back to Manhattan, went to Hunter College, took every film production class they had, and you know was on my way. How strange that your dad thought that was a good idea because that didn't happen with a lot of guys. No, you, you know, know what? When he was on the cops, um, he went back to school and he ended up uh, getting a master's from NYU. So the minute he went to school, I think his ambitions for us changed pretty dramatically. And it was like, all right, guys, you know, the, the, you know, there is a world, there's a place to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny, like when you bring up, like pe- you didn't know that those kind of jobs really existed, because when you work in and, and grow up in those kind of towns, I don't even remember people thinking we want to be wealthy. You know what I mean? Like never thought there it. was never that thing. Like th- there seemed to have been that generation was pretty thought that they were doing okay, thought their kids were doing good enough. And they were living a life without trying to, I don't know, become billionaires or overnight sensations. The most you aspired to was maybe a certain car. Right. That was it. (laughs) You know, like, oh, we had that car. That would be cool. My life would be complete. Yeah, my life would be great. (laughs) Or if there was some vacation tied in, like, if you would go once a year to some place, life is good. You know, life is fantastic. Uh, Mob City premieres... uh, Wednesday, uh, December fourth. Um, now the first is it the first two episodes the first night or first two episodes this Wednesday. The next Wednesday you get episodes three and four. Following Wednesday five and six. It's uh, it's a blast. It's a hell of a show. You're working with all great people on it. I'm happy to hear that you're doing so great. Yeah, thank you, man. I'll look for you next time coming through. Cool. Good to see you again. was the brilliant Ed Burns Mob City premieres tonight. I didn't keep reading that, I think, during that, but it does uh, premiere tonight, Wednesday the 4th, at 9 o'clock if you're a gangster guy. Like, I think, uh, as another word for that is being a guy. 
Uh, I think uh, you're always happy to have another gangster show. If it has gangsters, I want to watch it. Ed Burns, I think that's his fourth time being in here. Always a great guy. Always a lot of fun. Um, a couple things I want to get to before we end the show today. Up on the unfiltered section of the uh, iBang, a gentleman comes up uh, as somebody that we've known for a long time. And his mother wants to have uh, the reverse bypass surgery because of some problems that she has um, and has something to do with kidney failure or something like that. So, Chris, I'm going to send this over to you for Dr. Steve sure, and also um, Pit Doc. But if anybody else knows about that, head on over to the iBang. It's in the unfiltered section um, because they're not getting a callback from any doctors for some reason. And I, I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. So um, maybe they could jump into that if you could. Um, also, we got to give out the Thanksgiving prize. Thanksgiving prize. I was very, very close. Okay. Uh, the runner-up. I want to make sure I got this over here too, so I do this properly. There were so many great pictures. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful Thanksgiving setups. Yeah. The food. Just come on. Um. Neither one of the top two was primarily a food pick. Uh, number two that finished in this is really a beautiful picture. It's Mike's family Thanksgiving table. Uh, Mike's uh, th uh, family Thanksgiving table. And the number one and winner of what, Chris? Robbie Robertson signed live at the Academy of Music 1971. Um, kind of off on this, on the sounder here. The winner goes to Scotty G and the kid delivering stuff. So that young man is going to have some signed Robbie Robertson. See, good deeds do pay off. Still, I feel like they stacked the deck. I've never done a good deed, so I don't know. <laughs> That's right here. That's word on the street. That kid's got a listening party ahead of him. Um, here's Scott in Wisconsin. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. Kind of over now, but I just wanted to tell Fez that he's begging you not to do this, but he's the one that's done it. You know, it's like that dude that cheats on his chick all the time, and she finally catches him for the last time and says, I'm done, and now he's begging, don't do this, don't end this, you know? Like, well, I don't know, if it means sense. anything to you, I just uh, got a note that Fez is down the hall, with, uh, and I'll be joining him shortly. So, like children. No. Like children. Uh, Mark, you're on Sean in Vegas, you're on the Ron Fez show. 
Yeah, it is kind of over now. I just wanted to say, though, I, you, Ron, you've handled it pretty well all this time. The first, the first show I ever heard was Ron, or was, uh, was Fez trying to talk to his cat and get the cat to say cookie. And I've, believe it or not, kept listening from there. <laughs> I've loved you guys. Thanks, dude. Fez is awesome. But, yeah, dude, I, I, you know, my, my heart breaks for him because I know as much as I love Fez when he's on, it's just not healthy for him. It's just not. All right, thanks. He seemed to feel differently. Fez felt, seemed to feel very strongly. Just slight. That he didn't want the change to take place. Well, Fez never been a fan of change. Um, Garth, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, no matter whether I die tomorrow or something changes the show, no matter what, dude, that's what they say thanks for everything, man. That's been great. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Take Peace. Care. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow, that much is for sure. Um, I believe we have Susie Espen stopping by, mm -hmm. and also the internationally famous Tom Rhodes. Uh, a lot of comedians out there on the road. Very few of them play the planet Earth, the way Mr. Uh, Rhodes uh, has. Um, Bob, you're on the Run of Fest show. Man, Ronnie, it's been a great ride. You just got a fantastic show. I used to listen to truck driver. I used to listen to Florida. He was on FM. He played some crazy-ass band. And I'd be out there right at the edge where I lose the signal. I'm going to the rest area. and was sitting there listening to you. Some off-the-rail shit. And then it's all of a sudden he went off the air when he ended the show. And it's like these guys were so fucking whacked out you didn't know when the show was in it. It was crazy. God, actually was listening to the same shit. You guys do that shit all the time. All right. I appreciate it, dude. Uh, and by the way, that was a completely different show than what I do now. I, you know, every several years, I honestly believe a human being must reinvent the way that they work. And that's what I was attempting to explain to Fez. Um, I certainly feel like the, the show that he's talking about that we've always done has been like five different shows. Um... Let's go over to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I am just wanted to tell you thank you, and I'm proud that you finally stood up for that bully Fez, so congratulations. Oh, I don't know if I did that, but... Patrick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, I got XM Radio in the special package for a few reasons, and you're one of them. So is your, are you gone, or can you tell me what's happening? Are you, are, is your show over? The, the thing is... It's not been uh, a, a hidden thing that we've been talking to Tim Sabian about doing something different. That has sent Fez into a fucking tailspin. There was a point, not to blame Fez, because it's my own responsibility, as I just feel like I've been worn down. And I purposely people brought up about when I went in to do O&A. I really want to just see if I could play fucking ball on that level still. You know what I mean? That I, that I could walk in with a fast team and be able to fucking play. And that was really, really fun. Um, but it doesn't mean anybody hates anybody or doesn't like anybody. All right, Millie Hatchett just wrote, please don't break up with us. I'm almost sobbing at my desk. Didn't Millie just win the other day? Yes, she did. Nice. 
She's got some Jimmy Webb sign going towards her. Sounds like somebody's going out on winter. Billy <laughs> <laughs> Hatchet's always been great. Yeah. I go back to like, D.C. with her. It's wild. Toenail winter is just um, on the wind. Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, remember at the end of the, I'm sure you do, the end of The Godfather when uh, Tessio knows his gig is over and everybody backs away from him. Tom Hayden says, no, I can't help you this time. I think it was just the opposite. I think it was like watching the brother-in-law kick the fucking window out on his way. Well, yeah, there's, yeah, that, that was his move. But it was like, the, the, that dude knew it was over. And yet he had an enormous amount of self-respect and just kind of shrugged his shoulders, and that was that. Yeah, Tessio um, did it the right way. Fez went out like the fucking brother-in-law with the kicking out the windshield. Um, Alan and Tulsa, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, listen, uh, I've been listening to you guys for 12 years, called in a few times, always positive. This has by far been the best day of radio, as awkward as it has been. To hear you finally, well, not finally, I know you've been doing it for a while, but just to, to really state your, your opinions in concrete, and it's just, I want to thank you for everything, man. All right, Alan, let me say this, though, and I know i got to go in just a second, yeah. but if that was true, then why does it feel so fucking awful that everyone's saying, oh, somehow just stating the truth is better, but I can tell you from experience that nothing feels that fucking bad. Um, I am, um, I'm going to be back in here tomorrow. Susie Espin will be a guest. Tom Rhodes will be a guest. Um, the initial thing was that we were going to get something together. And I, I got to go down and figure out what's going on with um, Fez right now. You know, we were going to do this a little more maturely, a little more like adults. We will be back here tomorrow, though. That's a promise. And we'll see you then. And that's the end of my show. Donk. I've been told that you've been bold with Harry, Mark, and John. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. for a little while I love to watch things on TV